Simpsons Index, an online spreadsheet that is also a podcast. This is the podcast. Coming to you out of SideQuest Studios, this is The Simpsons Index, episode 183. Hello out there, I'm your host, Elliot J. O'Neill, welcoming you to a very special podcast, the third vignettes of vignettes. And long-time listeners will know that this is where we review the vignette episodes of The Simpsons, where they do three separate smaller fantasy stories that aren't the Treehouse of Horror episodes, but they do it in that anthology style. Speaking of anthology, our new anthology fiction podcast series, Pulp Fury Radio, is available now at Pulp Fury Radio. Anyway, to reflect the style of the vignette episodes, we change the podcast lineup for each of the three Simpsons episodes we'll be reviewing today. So later on in the show, we'll be joined by Dan and Jack from Worst Episode Ever, and after that, we'll be joined by Sean, Ellen, Phil, and Chris from Babybeard Media. But first, it's your classic Simpsons Index lineup of BT, Danny, and myself, and we're going to be reviewing a vignette episode from the 30th season. Also, there's some audio issues with this podcast, I'm terribly sorry. All right, let's get into it! And we are back. Or we're starting, I'm not sure, because this is the vignettes of vignettes. I'm your host, Elliot J. O'Neill. He's your host, Elliot J. O'Neill. You might have already known that. We don't know. I'm not sure what episode or order this is going in, but this is part of the third vignettes of vignettes special. I know that much. And joining me in SideQuest Studio, he's here as always, except when he's not his BT Callaway. Ahoy, hoy. And joining us again... <laughs> Once again, sorry guys. Don't sound so disappointed, yeah. dude. Oh, it's this guy. <laughs> well, he's been in every vignettes of vignettes so far, so Ooh. we got to have him back yeah, at least. Got a hot streak going. Mr. Danny Rosewell. I'm Danny Rosewell. Danny, oh. Danny Rosewell. And when he streaks, it's hot. <laughs> so, Danny, you joined us for the second Vignettes of Vignettes when we did Simpsons Bible Stories. Oh, that was great. And the first one where we did Love Springs Fieldian style, I think. Oh, that was. Great. One with the lady and the tramp, and yes. I think Goofy went into a gas chamber. Oh, yes, I disliked me, it right. very much. Very much. But we had a good time was had. Mm, Not but... watching the episode. But... <laughs> mm-hmm. <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're doing once of these again, and continuing on for more of the Bible story sort of theme. Less from the love. Maybe love, because isn't God love? Whatever, Elliot, get on with the preamble. This Bam. was season 30, episode 3, My Way or the Highway to heaven first Hey-o. released in october of 2018 it was directed by rob oliver written by deb lacusta dan castellaneta and vince walden was her name debla deb lacusta oh. not debla Kusta. debla <laughs> g'day this is my new wife debla it does sound like, like a very Aussie Deborah. nickname. It's like Deborah, but you crap at it saying it. La, 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 yeah, <laughs> she looks just like a zebra. know. Oh, wait, does John Butler ever say zebra in zebra? No. Zebra. Mm. I could be a zebra. <laughs> I could be a debla, or I could be Deb. <laughs> in this episode. So, yeah, this is like a trio of religion stories, and I guess the framing device shows that Ned, Marge, and Lisa are telling these to a Sunday school. Mm-hmm. I guess it's not clear. Guys, what did you think, though? And it started off well-ish. I had the best time in the Ned Flanders segment, The Origins yep. and His Mustache. Yeah, that was really good. Ditto. I actually had a pretty good time with that one. And then, man, it just lost itself so much. The Marge one kind of... I didn't get the point of it as a story. Like, it wasn't particularly about atheism. It was just like, hey, Inglorious Bastards was cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you know what? They did, they've they done this before. Remember fight, uh, Before Christmas where it was some story about... 
uh, Homer, Lisa, and Bart longing for mm. Marge, who had gone off to war. And yeah. then the last minute of it was just an Inglorious <sighs> Bastards parody. Yeah. Oh, I can barely remember that, but Man, yeah. So this is what this reminded me of. It's, All right. Yeah. 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 And like, actually, I had the same reaction to the Valentine's thing. I was like, what the fuck is the point of this? Mm. They're telling three unrelated. <clears throat> what the fuck is the point of this? They are telling. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is the point of this? They're telling three unrelated <laughs> stories. Like, these are loosely tied into a broad framework. And the framework was the worst part of that. And the framework yeah. is the worst part of this. Framework yeah. was bad. I mean, at least there was some connective tissue on this one, but it's just like, ah, oh, God's watching them on TV and deciding mm. who gets into heaven. It's just, it's mm. no, you cannot have God be a character in your show that this where it's not. No, yeah. it's, it's bad. It's really messy. Yeah, so let's talk about the framework generally. We abandoned the questionnaire for the vignettes one because it's it's not the same show. How do you pronounce that word, by the way? Vig- vignette. It's v- from the Italian. Vignette. Yeah. Vignette. It's, it's difficult because every letter is silent. Mm. Woo! That's- so it's just pronounced... <laughs> Love it. Yeah, you ever spoken French before? It's Vanger. like <laughs> Read 15 letters, pronounce Mike three. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's as far as I got in my French course. <laughs> Look at the letters, pronounce none of them. That's why you're, you're actually saying it's a totally different set of letters. <laughs> none of them are in the word. Romantic. Apologies to our French audience. We're really not trying to uh, step on any toes here. We just... I'll step on toes. French toes. French toast. There's a joke here. There's a joke here. French toast. <laughs> I like mine with butter. <laughs> he likes his toes with butter. Mm-hmm. I like my sugar oh. with coffee and cream. <laughs> butter. Sorry. Man, that was like watching Pippin and Jordan. I assume I don't watch basketball. So were they ever on the same team? Yeah. Huh. The Chicago Bulls. I did mm. watch The Last Dance because I like documentaries more than I like sports. Was that a documentary? You thought you were watching the dance movie? Isn't that the one where <laughs> they learn how to dance so they can save the PCYC from the... <laughs> well, I went into it thinking I was going to watch a documentary about a bear in a car, but, yeah. you know. No, that's the one where they um, solve racism with dancing. Uh, <laughs> every dance movie. Yeah. I didn't, they just. <laughs> so this episode also opens out with a couch gag that I feel like is worth mentioning. Yeah, ah. interesting where Homer kind of falls into the Bob's Burgers universe, and I kind of like that he's got the back perspective of their introduction, where you see Jimmy Pesto slam in yeah. and all that kind of. Yeah. I like that. It just went on for too long. With um, I mean, again, the Bob's Burgers cast are there; they're doing a good bit of you know talking about Homer. But for a Simpsons episode, it's just it's tedious as fuck. Yeah, look, it was greatly done mm. the decision to have the camera in a different place to the yeah. same credits super clever i loved it their voices are great kristen mm-hmm. shall kristen or kirsten kristen kristen shall absolute just wow just mm. wow she could say anything and i would just listen she could be having a massive shit and in so much pain and i would listen outside the window and just be like damn that voice don't man. see any of her characters from gravity falls or bob's burgers doing that but oh uh, maybe her 30 rock character yeah yeah maybe. yeah <laughs> bet she's both a gem and a horse <laughs> ah wonderful see the thing is like i don't know if this was written by bob's burgers writers or anything i i assume it was one of the fucking three writers it took to write this thing for real it wasn't exactly complex cinema it wasn't yeah, highbrow it felt more like their beat though yeah that, mm, see, but mm. I felt like Bob's Burgers always comes to a point of a joke. Like they do have these meandering things a bit, mm. especially like with the kids derailing stuff. And yeah, their sort of back and forth banter is like um, Pitt and Clooney in Ocean's Eleven. You know that casual we're just chatting, but it's yeah adorable to just to watch us chat. Yeah, God, it's charming. Yeah, and I think it was still in the voice of Bob's Burgers, and I liked some of the jokes, but mm. like. 
for a couch in quotes gag. Yeah. Oh, man, the worst part is once it finishes, you then get the Simpsons title card again yeah. as we go up into heaven. And so we're Cardinal all like, sin. We're all like, oh, we're doing another couch gag? Oh, wait, no, we're in the episode. Then why the fuck did you have the title card again? Really threw me off. It really feels like one of these moments where the Simpsons were like, oh, we're exactly two and a half minutes short. Oh, we did that two and a half minute bit with the Bob's Burgers crew. We'll just literally copy and paste that in. Uh, we're still down by four seconds. I uh, put the title card in again. Yeah, exactly. It's like anytime there's lag, they just add the title card. I read just today, by the way, uh-huh. that the... Um... <clears throat> you can read. Who taught you? I knew he could bounce, but I didn't think he could <laughs> read. <laughs> I, I read just today, by the way, that um, the famous Cape Fear episode, mm-hmm. the scene with the rakes was a seconds patter. Oh, definitely. Oh, for sure. If you go, like, we haven't done Cape Fear since episode two. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it is one that I've since, like, rewatched and gone, oh, my God, there is so much padding in this episode. Like, really? no, not the elephants. <laughs> yeah. Like, you can clearly see it's a padded episode. Yeah, Real but they shame. sell it so hard. Oh, like, it, it's a kid. Like the, his line of, surely there's no harm in laying in the middle of a public street is a great little feed into him being trampled by an entire marching band. And that's it. As uh, padded as it is. And they allow Sideshow Bob these moments where he can indulge a bit. Mm. <laughs> no, not gadget. Disembowel. Like, they yes. do take their time yes. with it. <laughs> Your name is Mr. Tom. Like, come on. <laughs> ah, the Thompson bit. But see, that episode is a QZ in how to extend. Quiz. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, there are ways to extend things. It's just it wasn't that this Bob's Burgers bit was bad. It just it felt much more like padding because this mm. is the first thing we've seen. Yep. It's not padding out a joke to kind of make it that thing where adding more is funny. It is padding because we know, oh, you guys ran short, didn't you? And without an out to the joke, because at the end of it, it's just Gene trailing off and Homer's still looking for where he is in the thing and it's just kind of, it ends. There's, yeah. It just yeah. meanders out. So Bob it does... walks in, goes, uh, would you like a burger? Homer's like, ooh, mmm, burgers. And and even, like, I pointed then, out, the burger yeah. of the day, eat my short ribs burger. Great. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. loved it, loved it. Yeah, so that was a weird thing. And then, yeah, it moves into this God and St. Peter uh, watching the TV because not enough people are getting into heaven is the premise of this framework. Oh, this bit was not sorry. enough. We need more. There was a brief second where I was like, oh, look, it's Scott again. Hooray. Uh, it's going to be a wake-up dream, blah, blah, blah. But no, it was so frameworky. And St. Peter kept doing the thing where... Well, on that topic, what about this? Yeah, what about this... this Springfield character in the same room we've been watching? Yeah, like, it's funny when Troy McClure does it because that's his bit. We're making fun of bad actors. Mm. And this is why I didn't like the Marge idea of the framework. Because mm. it's not that, like, she wouldn't defend atheists. She's not an atheist. But why is she prompted to defend atheists in this Sunday school? Yeah. There was no lead-in. It's then, not great, because the whole bit thing about, you know, she had a grandmother who was in uh, occupied France who was helping uh-huh. the resistance against the Germans. Uh-huh. It's like... And then occasionally just goes, but I am an atheist. And like, oh. But I am an atheist. I couldn't possibly. As an atheist, I can still help people. Yeah, it was dumb. And I mean, quite frankly, it doesn't say a lot for the pros of atheism to say, well, if you're an atheist, you better save some people from Nazis or you're going to hell. Yeah. Like, that. What? What? what's the takeaway from this? If you have to go to Nazis to make a case for atheism, you're really not trying hard. You yeah, know? and again, it just feels like someone watched Inglorious Bastards. Like, oh, let's do that. Why yeah, not? yeah. Uh, and Lisa stopped telling her story at the the end of her framework and was under a Bodhi tree ah! as the cast were going out. Mm. Bad, bad Made framing. Made no fucking point and didn't... Cu- ooh, ooh, that made me very upset. All uh, right, well, let's start with the start and what was, I think, uncontroversially, all of our favourite segment yeah. from this. The Ned story. Yeah. 
No, uh, wait, before that. Whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, before that. What's up, bro? Note-taking Rosewall over here. There was the baby boomer retail thing where like, they had all this retail shot of, oh, we can't afford houses in heaven. Well, that's yeah. why it's so empty. Didn't like that. Then they cut to a shot of Beethoven and Tupac doing a combined concert. Don't know why they did that either. Just to be like, Imagine if. Yeah, mm -hmm. what if? And then Tracy Morgan turns up, and uh, they're like, by the way, Tracy, you didn't actually die. You got better, man. And he's like, whoa, why didn't someone tell me? Clonk. And then he puffs back to reality, and then his halo is rolling and rolling and rolling. Uh, and St. Peter's like, gonna, are you going to uh, fix that? And God's like, eh, it'll stop. And then it keeps rolling. Oh, my God. Oh, my. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, my God. The implication of that, meaning that you can get to heaven just by believing that you're dead. Oh man, there's an interesting take there where coma mm. patients are in heaven until they come back. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. So I forgot to mention, yeah, so playing all their characters from Bob's Burgers at the start was H. John Benjamin, John Roberts, Dan Mintz, Eugene Merman, and Christian Schall. And playing themselves was Tracy Morgan, and in another bit of framework, John Lovitz. Playing mm. playing himself, God. <laughs> He's very hard to get on a bill. Oh, you have to book him months like in advance. Yeah, he I is. can't believe he agreed to this, though. Is mm. he that hard mm. on money? Mm. Well, I think the thing is they tried to book him in season one, mm. and he finally got around to being available in season 30. Oh, what about the montage before the Flanders bit? Why do people go to heaven? I did not like this. I, I liked the Ralph there, there one. There were bits. No, I liked the Ralph one, but mostly it was like, okay, Uta has one about drowning in chocolates. Like, no, that's how you die, Uta. That's not how you get to heaven in terms of, you know, yep, merit. Yep, yep. Hot dog fish, <laughs> hot dog fish hook. That was Ralph, Oh, my right? God. Yep. Imagine yep. Final Destination, but in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate It Patrick. already mm. is. Yeah, I know, but imagine if uh, Charlie Bucket could see all that happening. Oh, wow, so you just get the vision before, ooh. And then everyone's like, no, you just want us to not go on this tour. Ah, yes, yes. Oh, yes. my God. Final Destination yes. Zero confirmed. Charlie oh and the motherfucking Chocobo. We got to write this crossover, Wonka is man. death. It writes itself. <laughs> Fuck me. Wonka is death. Someone I... call Hollywood. <laughs> wow, guys. Wow. But we need, a, we need a title pitch. What's a pitch title? Wonka is death. I don't know. <laughs> I'm yeah. just getting over the revelation, man. Um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, yeah. Dude. Willie Killy. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bart's really got his way into heaven figured out. He was like 90 years old on his deathbed. Mm, he yeah. repents. He steals the wallet, then repents. Yeah, yeah, see, to your point, Beach, that was like how I get into heaven. That's yeah. not just how yeah. I die. And more accurate to the Christian faith, yeah. Mm. Deathbed repentance counts. Uh, in his own fantasy, Milhouse gets hit by a train. That yeah, was that yeah. was fucking... It was like, I saved Lisa. Oh, I'm going to stand here and look at this baseball card. Now I've been hit by a train. Great plan, guy. Great plan. Yeah, again, a vision of death, not how you get yeah. it. Uh, yeah. uh, yep. To quote Bart, even in your dreams, you're square. <laughs> so Ned's little story, like, immediately I cringed because when they've gone back to Ned's parents' well in recent yeah. years, it has not been good. But well, any kind of flashback to any, you know, uh, yeah. establishing yeah. how this yeah. happened, it's usually, uh, but surprisingly. fit in the canon, but this one was lovely. Like, that, yeah. that opening cut of their house full of jazz and hippies yeah. on drugs. Beatniks, not hippies. Yeah. Get it right, Dan. Yeah. Even the like, whoa, man, color outside the box, man. Think outside the lines, bro. Do some drugs, pop some pills. Yep. I actually really liked it. I thought that was a great scene. Well, I think it is kind of flipping it on its head, and I think, uh, well, it Family's Ties did it, but mm. of the kid growing up with hippy-dippy parents, it's like, no, I need structure, you fuckers. Yeah, yeah. and I love that all of the lack of structure in his life is so mild, you know? <laughs> He's not exactly growing yeah. up with junkies off the tracks or anything. And then yeah. he goes through his montage of, like, 
oh, I, I got into worse and worse, more depraved jobs. <laughs> in and out Burger, I liked that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I did like when he was uh, had a job at the Gentleman's Club and it was actually just a club for gentlemen. Yeah! <laughs> oh, jeez. No, I thought that was all fine, like, believable backstory for Ned and how he grew up the way he was in a mm. world that's increasingly Yeah, that getting... transitional period between the young Ned we've seen and the adult Ned we know, there's a yeah. lot of kind of blank space there. I think it's filled it in pretty well. Oh, I also wanted to point out the um, beautiful Goodfellas no- moment where it was oh, like, yeah. and after spring comes the fall. And mm. the spring was about the springs and the trampoline. And then the fall was about someone falling off a trampoline. Such a good line. Yep. Yeah, and I liked young Gil. Normally, again, Gil is such a point of annoyance for us, but this was all fine. Mm. Yeah. Being the dotted all salesman and the kind mm. of group of them. And yeah. was one of them, uh, like, Cowan had it Was one of them Chalmers? Oh, maybe. Yeah, Chalmers' voice, mm. I think. I and loved point, all though, this. If this was Chalmers, I love they didn't grind to a halt and go, oh, one day I'm going to get into being a superintendent. Yeah. Ah. yeah. Oh, you better watch out for those trampolines. You rub your legs against the side too quickly and you'll scanner your name. Yeah, exactly. Hey! So if it was Chalmers, thank God they didn't grind your Lean fucking on it. face yeah. into it. I loved all their like salesman slang for all yeah. their shit things. Yeah. Angel makers. <laughs> <laughs> Occasionally a kid goes up and never comes down. That was yes. the one. That was the one. <laughs> all the warning about what can go wrong with trampolines yeah. occasionally a kid will go up and never come down that is fucking brilliant that's great and I was like oh my god season 30 what are you doing here what's up girl oh, and, so, and also the bit yeah. where Ned's like driving to stop uh, young Homer I could have I didn't love that it's oh we knew each other back then but to be fair again they don't grind your face in it it's more yeah. incidental yeah. but I love when he's driving to there and he's trying to brake he's like oh no the brakes won't press stand these super shag floor mats yeah that's it he got the nice car from all his trampoline sales <laughs> and his hubris is catching up with him and I thought these are all good things that led into his story about wanting to be more pious. Ooh, and ooh, ooh. While we're on this section, before I get distracted, if you don't like death, get out of children's toys. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, there's, I knew he could bounce, but I had no idea he could count. Yeah. yeah. Oh, all wonderful <laughs> lines. Nick gets struck by lightning, and he's like, <gasps> Jesus! And Jesus is like, sup? <laughs> yeah. That was so good. Oh. Just Jesus is a stoner just chilling out on his Stop. beanbag kind of rules. Yeah. Even him like with Hendrix coming in Hendrix to give him a comes- lesson. <laughs> uh, I would. I would have. But I lost my pick in the hole. He goes, in your guitar? I wish. Hold yeah. up his hand. I the liked hole it. hole in the palm of his hand. And I did want to say, I kind of, you being a guitar teacher there, Danny Rosewell, Danny, Doodle, Danny Doodle, Rosewell. Doodly doodle doodle. <laughs> having like, did you do the practice I told you? Have you done your homework? You what? I would have, but I couldn't play my guitar because uh is it in a lesson yet <laughs> fuck off kid fuck off if you were to rank this segment and this segment alone what would you give it you know what i think i would give this segment a gold it was really funny gold yeah. wow wow i give it a silver like because there were some things that tighten up i think the home uh, relating to the past i mean it is yeah. Yeah, whatever yeah. the things i didn't like felt mostly the framing though mm. the segment pretty decent me too i'm on a brilva border to just complete the traffic lights i'm gonna get bronze mm. hey and we've already talked about it a little bit let's talk about a little bit more marge's story with her atheist grandma i kind of feel like we covered it yeah we <laughs> kind of did because there's not much to it other than please don't make julie kavanaugh do accents she was so bad at her french accent like it wasn't that she was bad it just sounded like it hurt hmm I a lot of so kind of French. Yeah, there's wait, a lot of those kind of not not guttural exactly, but a lot of kind of rolled R's mm. and things that just with Marge's voice, French. Oh, just just sounded painful. She sounded like, you know, Eric Cartman's hand. He's Hispanic. He <laughs> <laughs> was Hannibal Lopez. I am French. Oui, oui. It's so bad. I feel offended 
on behalf mm. of Marge and on the French nation entirely. Yeah, like I feel like there's some foundational problems with this segment that prevented me from enjoying it. One of them was, yeah, uh, definitely her uh, accent. Why is she married to Mo in this situation? Why is she married to Mo and doesn't want to be? And, yeah, why did she marry Mo? And then is like, okay, and initially, if she had said she turned off him because he started being a Nazi sympathizer, fair. And no, then she attracted. says, why am I married to Mo? Yeah, even then, it's just, it's, it doesn't work. Because in, in any of these vignette things where, like, and it's happened a couple of times where she's married to Mo, but then Homer ends up being the object of her affection, yeah. yep. like through yep, cheating yep. or uh, whatever. Was that supposed to be Abe Simpson, you think? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. And so that's extra confusing. Why... It was Abe Simpson who is now the same age as all these other characters because then when you're doing these fantasy vignette retelling stories, Grandpa then becomes the character for the old person in the story. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. it's weird that they de-aged him to bring him down to other people. We already have him in World War II in The Hellfish. Yeah. Mm. Also, this is Marge's grandmother, but Homer's father, and they're roughly the same age. If he was Mm. suddenly in France, wouldn't his platoon be the rest of Hellfish? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. What would you change? What would you change? Yeah. Make the rest of the platoon. Th- I mean, even in the Hellfish episode, they say it was the closing days of the war after they'd liberated France. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Dude, hell. Dude, that part where Bernsey fucks up Abe's like assassination at Hitler. Mm-hmm. We could like get that in there somehow. Yeah, but like it definitely should have been Griff Ace or Ox and Etch. Like, yes, it why, should. Like, because having Lenny and Sideshow Mel and all that didn't really add anything. No. Mel, then they were like ham in the wine bottle hair bone thing. Mm. It felt really shitty. And then he has to pretend to be someone like he's in a disguise, but he's still got the bone and the green hair. And he's like doing the Bongiorno joke from Inglorious. Bon except for French. And he's like, oh, such a rude customer, spit. <laughs> That's a French person. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've got one more bit to say. Why didn't you stop that war? I stopped so many wars. Nobody talks about the wars that didn't happen. I do like that. So many worse wars. It's that old. If you do everything right, no one will know. I love it. No one will be sure you ever did anything at all. And I really like that as a bit. I thought it was like a high concept joke that actually landed. Mm. Well, another joke that I thought landed that they overextended was the Pierre Pants like butt prank calling Mo. And it came out of nowhere. It didn't need to exist, but I liked the pun, Pierre Pants. But then they oversold it with the P-Your Pants. Yeah. Fuck you guys. Just in case the audience isn't smart enough to get what Pierre sounds kind of vaguely like in English. So bad. Any other notes about this segment? Because I'm out. Like, they sing and then they do an EDFPF song as they're stabbing each other. I don't know. It does nothing for me. My next note is that Buddha comes in and acts like a real asshole. Mm. That'll be in the last segment. Smegment. That's very It's in between segments. It's framing. Well, I I still got to do. If you had to rank this segment and this segment alone, what would you give it? Participant. Mm, uh, Bronze. Bronze? There's redeeming moments to the, the Marge segment. I don't judge him, man. I wouldn't say redeeming, but you know what? I kind of still enjoyed it as an inglorious thing. Not as an atheism promotion, which it should have been. should have been like, this is why atheism is good. Also, Marge, wrong Secular person. morality can exist. Yeah, morality. yeah, absolutely. Marge is the wrong person for that. Clearly, they wanted Lisa for that, but they were like, oh, we've already used Lisa for the thing. Mm. Um, That's my whole problem. Like, from a framing device, it's messy. From a yep. story point, it's messy. Yep. Like, what is the arc of this thing? Quite frankly, it should have been Jacqueline Bouvier because also, that really would have explained why she's such a jaded person. She yeah. lived through Nazi-occupied France and is then like, yeah. fuck everything. Yeah. I'd pay the fuck out of that. Also, that's mm. a French name. Great. Yeah. Um, why is killing a Nazi getting you into heaven? That's ah. still fucking murder. Mm-hmm. She murders the Thou Nazi. Thou shalt not kill. 
that's why she should get into heaven as an atheist. Imagine wow. if that Nazi grew up to become Einstein. Mm, it could happen. You know. All right. Now imagine if Beej grew up to become Einstein. Mm. We now kill imagine him. <laughs> that Elliot grows up to become Einstein underwater. <laughs> <laughs> Aqua Einstein. Yeah. Aqua Stein. Mm. And for the final segment, Lisa's Tale of a Buddhist. Uh-huh, uh-huh, Sid uh-huh. Martha. Mm. What do we think? Martha. So Buddha was a jerk. Buddha was a jerk. I, he wasn't like a bad guy, but he really was like a surfy, skatey bro and like really obnoxious. Yeah. Broder. I could have hey, almost the like Broder. the bit where he's like, ooh, rub my belly. And they're like, eh, okay. But I don't know, like, if you didn't no. want to do it, why do it? I would say it's, how can we identify him as Buddha really quickly mm. to a Western audience? Oh, they always rub his belly for luck. Yeah, no. Also, why is the church having people come in and talk about other religions? Anyway, whatever. Well, look, I get the framing device of a Sunday school and Ned teaching it works for me because yep, like, I works. always thought that, you know, Ned never wanted to be a preacher because he always wanted to be approached too. And <laughs> so putting him as a Sunday school... Preached. Yes. Prot. Prot. Um, <laughs> putting him as a Sunday school like makes sense like for his character, mm. but then why is Marge interjecting? I get why Lisa's interjecting, and that should have been Lisa interjecting on the atheist thing, but yep. then yeah, yeah. But then I thought they wouldn't have a third thing. Yeah, but then I thought the Buddha thing was stronger than that, but not by much. Yeah, no. Uh, Apu on the Hindu thing is probably the only third religion they have in Springfield. Why the fuck did they do that? Jesus. There's only three religions in Springfield. Probably because they're too scared at this point. Season, what, 30? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, because they've definitely um, stopped using Apu at this point. But, I mean, if you were going to use Apu, it's just like, he's dropping these kids off as as a cheap form of daycare, and he's like... Actually, that's pretty funny. Hang on. (laughs) There's, uh, like, come on, let's explore Hinduism a bit. I've, honestly, that being... There's more to explore. Everyone knows what Buddhism is. It's You'll... like, essentially, psychology, philosophy. It's not religion much. And I mean, they still have the problem of uh, Apu being voiced by a white guy, but at least I'd like the idea of him actually interjecting Delving the story of Hinduism. Culture, yeah. yeah, yeah. And not as like a joke, as like an actual lesson. And sure, you can pepper that with jokes, but that's, that's a pretty solid idea. I really like that. Yeah. But, I mean, I like the idea of them exploring this. I have never heard of it before, the story of Sid Martha and her... Sid, thi- Sid Arthur. Sid Arthur? It's actually Sid Arthur, and mm. they changed Arthur to Martha and made it a girl. Why did they say that name? Arthur to Martha. <laughs> Arthur and Martha? Martha. Martha. Why did they say that oh, name? Oh, he's good, he's good. So Batman and Buddha have the same mother? Buddha versus Superman. <laughs> Sorry, Chag, you're interjecting with something. Oh, yeah. Um, I've actually read Sid Arthur. Have you read Sid Arthur? No. It's pretty good. That's the name of the guy who becomes Buddha. Buddha One, the first Buddha. And much like the story, he's a prince with everything and mm-hmm. decided nothing was cooler. I always like in those stories, it's people who have everything that decide they need nothing rather than people yeah. with nothing who decide. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it is sort of good things to explore. And I thought I did some things well in this with, uh, how does 50 ponies feel less than one? Yeah. Hmm. I think they did a bunch to capture the essence of the story. I reckon that was a pretty good Buddhist parable. It wasn't incredible. Didn't mm. really like the song, but... Yeah, uh, I really didn't, because it just came out of nowhere. None of yep. the other segments had songs. Yep. It was like... Uh, we, besides we the French one. Yeah, but that was more playing in the background. No one was singing. Yeah, in, they, the, yeah. Did they like sang the anthem. Uh, they sang the anthem. An anthem is not oh, a song. Oh, is that the French anthem? No one throws on uh, like a dope anthem to chill out. You know, it's not a thing. It's not chill out. An- Australians, oh, let us rejoice. Oh, all right, you're right, my new anthem. It has been replaced with Happy Little Vegemiters. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, it was Peter Allen's boy from Oz for a little while. Yeah. Mm. But, yeah, anyway, this thing. 
Yeah. Uh, look, I thought it was really good. It was beautiful as well. The scenery was like really, mm. it was like rich. It was diverse. Even the song, like I don't like Simpsons songs except for the old days when I loved them. Mm -hmm. But it was in the storyline. You know, it was it was on point. It wasn't just like, bland. here's a song because we need one. And that's why I hated it because it was like, Oh, I've realized I have everything and I'm not happy. I sing a song about how I have everything and I'm not happy. Like, you've already established it. Why yeah. are we doing this again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I like kind of some of the visuals. Like Again, it's just sort of reinforcing the story, not advancing it. Mm. Yep. But at least it was in Yardley Smith's vocal range this yeah, time. Yeah, <laughs> like, Sometimes they don't. It's like, it sounds so bad. Like, yeah. yeah, for real. And it was like, it was thematically on point, but I would say melodically ambiguous. I couldn't tell you what the melody was. Yeah. And like, it's sort of the meander. I wasn't even sure the time, Sig. For real, man. And like, there was sort of a chorus section and a verse section, and they, I couldn't tell you which was which or how how any of it went so yeah. it wouldn't wasn't catchy i was like my big gripe with this entire segment is lisa tells a story about how buddhism started and then god's like well lisa's a good person she gets into heaven's like but she didn't do anything and didn't explain how um and according how sid Ma uh, martha or arthur or martha didn't do anything good just got enlightened it wasn't about there was no reason for sid to get into heaven why does that story prove that, that buddhists yeah. should get into heaven yeah exactly it's like that's the whole framing device of this and it doesn't link to the frame. ending it's, trickled yeah. off man, oh, man it yeah. dropped hard. and uh, that, that's the thing yeah lisa wasn't even telling the story by the end of this visualization yeah, they in the cut back to not her telling the story yeah to her chilling by herself as as everyone else wanders off board no the bell rings and everyone runs away because mm -hmm. her story was boring as batshit Yes. Aim. Shame. Shame. Back to the visuals of this episode. Yep. When she is sitting under the Bodhi tree, ah, there is some beautiful, is beautiful colouring going on. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I was really thinking that in the Buddhism real story, like Mr. Buddha as Sid Martha. Oh, my. Oh. <laughs> Why did you really, say that name? I know. They really nailed it, though, didn't they? That's how you got a pun. He does sit under a tree and meditate for months and months and months. I thought they would have done a joke about her getting up to go pee and stuff, you know, and going <laughs> yeah. back to meditate. It does um, beg that question. Mm, monks, how do you pee? Yeah, they just start meditating on a porta potty so they don't have to mm. get up. And yeah, so even the things when she's reaching enlightenment and there's like the fractal sort of whales within whales within blowholes, I liked all that sort of stuff. It was mm -hmm. kind of cool. Like it didn't feel like a beam from heaven. It felt like a beam from the cosmos. Yeah. She opened her third eye. That was rad. And then she was like floating on the, she was one with the universe. I didn't like the whales. And then the whales being held up by Maggie with a hose. Because uh, yeah. it didn't feel like it was going anywhere. Like they, they wanted to do suddenly one. She's one with the universe. They needed a button and that was best I had. Yeah, they needed something. Yeah, there's definitely um, better fractal jokes, but mm. for real, like I really visually, like, I thought it looked good at the time. It did look good at the time. Yes. For more information on your third eye, listen to the song by Tool. See, I think about all the good things that drugs have done all over the years. So, you listen to any musicians? They're good records. I love them on drugs. If you were to rank this segment and this segment alone, what would you give it? Ah, Patissafail. I really didn't like how it didn't tie to anything and just stopped. Yeah, I was really enjoying the segment, and then it was over, and I don't know why I was watching the segment. Yeah, well, I mean, you mentioned a good point with it, Beige, is that, like, in relation to the song, that it didn't advance the story, and that's it. Like, the story didn't really feel like it advanced, and you could say, oh, well, maybe that's a Buddhist meditation thing that you kind of have to... Yeah. But now, I think for someone that doesn't know the actual story, they're basing it off of... It just felt incredibly shallow, and it felt like I'm watching Jasmine in Aladdin, and that's about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've got everything, but I'm still not happy. Yep. What I really want is a hot guy with no money. 
Take all my money. Yeah. Rule the kingdom, honey. <laughs> he can rule my kingdom. Gonna get that bitch some no money. Bitches love no money. Hey. <laughs> Uh, I do like the line where she rides the horse out, like, let's go find a light at Mahog, and the horse is like, I was happy back at the palace. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. And the, the horse had also slept around with other horses while she was meditating. Yeah, well, Good shit. Horses do. Yeah. Oh, they breed like ponies. They wrote a song about it. And also, uh, like, the only appearance of Bard in this bit is, at least she's like, aren't you tired of all this opulence? Maybe. When I'm tired of the opulence, there's always decadence. Yeah. Yeah. What about flatulence? There's got to be some midpoint in between opulence and decadence. And that was shit, by the way. I mean, the whole midpoint between serenity and rage, that's like Professor X in first class. Yeah. But opulence and decadence are the same thing. The midpoint between that is, is opulecadence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Christ-a-tunity! <laughs> <laughs> and then there was a final button on the thing with, uh, don't worry, kids, that's just God and St. Peter bowling. Uh, and then a pin lands on his roof. Yep. Fuck, that was awful. Yep. I yep. hated yep. that yep. so yep. much. Just wanted to remind you of that bit before we go into it. Rank this thing. On the Simpsons Index, we rank using our six-point scale, which starts down the bottom at failure. Maybe if the episode is just meh, you give a participant, but for the positive rankings, you got OK Bronze, Good Silver, Excellent Gold, but for the best, oh, the very best, you give Cubic Zirconia. I'm going to go first. Let me show you how it's done. Look, I'm going to give it a participant, and this is totally one where... It's probably a participant at its core, but it had some really good things and it had some really bad things and it just kind of leveled out for me. BT. Yeah, I'm on a participant as well. It feels like an episode that someone was actually quite passionate about and that first segment I think really shows that. But then they left it on their desk and then came back and they're like, oh, where's my episode? Oh, Doug finished that. Oh, yeah, it's on TV now. (laughs) Damn you, Vince Walden. (laughs) Yeah, it just, it feels so incomplete. Like the first part, I legitimately really like the first segment. The rest are just so, ugh. What about you, Danny? What would you like to say? Like, a lot of this episode, even in the segments I didn't like, I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to surprise them and rank it a gold. I think I'm going <laughs> to, I think I'm going to, like, stir some shit up. Even in the parts that weren't amazing, there were so many jokes I did like. Mm-hmm. And the scenery was bright and vivid and well-drawn. Yeah. And animation was great. Brings some color to our lives. Yeah, it was lovely. It was really a lovely ride. But it was also, there was a lot of garbage and a lot of problematic problems and a lot of, I mean, racist undertones and, oh, God, so much structural. Well, no, my big problem is the rapper. Same as you guys, I'm sure, but same as every, how do we say it again? Viganet. (laughs) Vaginet. Vagnet. So every vag. (laughs) Has a silver net. Has a thorn. Oh, this guy, this guy. Okay, yeah, like, I actually really liked all three of the segments. Even the ones that were crap, I really enjoyed them. But, like, St. Peter really shoehorning in the, but what about this next part? Here's another segment. On that note, Mm. he's trying for the smooth segues, but announcing them, like, no. But speaking of that religion, what about Lisa Simpson? In this case, no framework would have been better than this framework. Mm. Yes. Yeah, just have them at Sunday school. Yes, the Sunday school is the framework. Holy shit, why is there a hat on a hat? Oh, downgraded. I'm giving it a participant. No, damn it, but I like the bit. No. Follow your heart, man. See? My heart throughout the episode was ready to give out a gold and be yelled at. But you just had on a hatted, and I am... You just had on a hatted all over the place. You're a complex man, I love it. Participant. (laughs) Participant. Did you go from a gold to a participant because I mentioned it has a hat on a hat? Yes. Wow. (laughs) You're a deep well, a deep well, mystery of a man there, Mr. Rosewell. You proved to me it. that the one part that I really hated about the episode was sitting on top of another perfectly good part of the episode, which was True. working fine. 
Mm. This will be a unanimous participant. It'll be joining two other vignette episodes. It'll be joining Love Springfieldian Star, which we also gave a participant, mm. and The Wettest Stories Ever Told, which neither of you were joining me for. Wow. I did that episode with Jordan Frost and Jack Picone. <laughs> that Jack fucking Picone. Mm-hmm. It was a good episode. It was. Yes. All right. Well, on to the next vignette. I wonder who will be joining me. I wonder who. And we are back with our Vignettes of Vignettes special, and we've changed the lineup again. I got rid of BT and Danny and threw them in the trash and got two <laughs> brand new guests. Our two guests are coming from the Worst Episode Ever podcast. Returning guest, Jack Picone. Hello. And first time guest, Dan Mulhall. Hello, hello. How are we doing, guys? Doubled up my hello. He's trying to one-up me already. I am. I always try to one-up Jack. In fact, I think we should disconnect Jack from the podcast. You just need me to talk about this episode here. Uh, um, We're good. We are um, dealing with some technical difficulties. Hopefully my audio won't cut out in the middle of this episode, but that is always a possibility. And um, yeah, no, we're we're living on the precipice of disaster over here. Elliot, how are you? (laughs) He say that because we're recording before the uh, the night before the American election, not not because of your show, Elliot. (laughs) Yes, yeah, but... and the most exciting thing happening in Australia is the Melbourne Cup, the stupid horse racing event where people dress up like fuckwits and watch little people flog horses. I was, I was wondering, which we're all talking about in America. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I bet. I, I was, I worked for five years as a. You might hate me for this. I took bets for uh, professional horse racing. Scum. It was, yeah. It was not. It was. I was right out of college, and it was a city job that paid well. I don't. I don't condone horse racing, but I was—I saw you posted uh, something uh, about it, and I was like, oh. oh. Yeah, my yearly tradition to, yeah, say fuck a bunch on social media in regards <laughs> to that. <laughs> but also in another yearly tradition, our vignettes of vignettes, where we watch the non-Treehouse of Horror episodes that are three separate stories in one episode, and this one we watched was season 18, episode 11, Revenge is a Dish Best Served Three Times. First released in January of Oort 7, it was directed by Michael Polcino, written by Joel H. Cohen. Yeah, this is uh, three stories loosely based around revenge. What did you guys think? Dan, do you see how Elliot sets up the beginning so clearly and succinctly? That's why your podcast doesn't work. I'm just waiting for the funny voices and uh, the, the tangents about Spider-Man would be great if we could just... <laughs> oh, 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 God, God, yeah, just Australia, Jack... <laughs> just Jack's assorted Star Wars laughs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, listen to our show if you have no idea what we're talking about. And, you know, you have to listen to all of them in order to really understand the build to the madness. <laughs> I have to say, I, I didn't really know what this episode was when we said that this was the one we are going to watch. And it was kind of all over the place. I, I definitely had some thoughts, but I, I thought it was very interesting that the first one is kind of this parody of classic literature. The last one is kind of a Batman thing. And the one in the middle is just nothing. <laughs> it's just like, it's not, it's called, I think revenge of the nerds, but it has nothing it's, to do with revenge of the it's nerds. revenge of the geeks. Yeah. yeah. It's one of these annoying parody titles where it's not a pun or anything. It's just a synonym. Revenge of the geeks, revenge <laughs> of the nerds. And yeah. Has nothing to do with that movie. Yeah. So this was the first time for both of you guys, or? Yes, I had never watched this episode before, so. I realized a couple of minutes in, once the Monte Cristo, once I realized it was Monte Cristo, I, I've definitely seen this episode. I, season 18 was one of those seasons I was actually watching week to week, I think. Well, I mean, we've noticed that season 18 is kind of an improvement on 17, but not much, just a little bit. And <laughs> this one sort of gotten me thinking. Recently, I heard the phrase, uh, you guys are probably familiar with it, the Mendoza line. 
it re- referred to an old uh, shortstop in uh, baseball. Is that how I say it? <laughs> um, whose batting average was really poor, but it was like just above the level of competence that a professional player needed to hit to stay in the majors. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this episode really reminds me of that phrase because I think it just just skirts above that line. Huh. I, sh- I never no I didn't know that phrase. I feel like I should have named my son Mendoza cuz that kind of describes every <laughs> aspect of my life. Just, <laughs> just barely skating by. Yeah. Uh yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, I didn't hate this episode. I I have I, I have notes. Uh I certainly didn't love it. I was what what else was se- oh, season 18 was uh Jazzy and the Pussycats and um, What the hell is that? Wait, yeah. Season 18 was Springfield Up, wasn't it? Didn't we just we have didn't we have a it season is, 18 yeah. come, come up? I think Springfield yeah. Up might have been the the week after or before this episode I saw oh, on the uh, the old that. Disney Plus there. No, that's right. Yeah, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it, but I certainly didn't love it. Well, yeah, let's uh, hook into it. So just generally on the framework of this episode, Homer gets cut off by the rich Texan starting his desire for revenge. What would you guys think of the framework in this one? I think the idea of Homer having road rage and that setting up three stories of revenge, it's fine, but none of it was especially funny. I, I mean, you know, that's a good character to have. Uh, you know, he's driving his, like, his little Cadillac car with the bullhorns on it <laughs> and cuts Homer off and Homer pulls out a bat. It's It was all fine. I was like, this is this is a unit of season 18 Simpsons that I am watching. But nothing that stood out as especially great. A unit. Yeah, it was simple enough for for a framework, but it was almost not. I want to. I don't want to say it was too simple. It just maybe if you're gonna keep it that simple, keep it shorter. At least two act breaks end with him just sticking the bat out the window and going revenge. And I guess it's yeah. a callback joke, but to me, it just felt kind of repetitive. No, but the episode and, was about revenge, and they wanted to make sure you remembered uh, yeah. it. Yeah, I was. A, I forgot. I, what is this? Is this? Is this about avenging? Where's Where's Iron Man? <laughs> where's Captain America? <laughs> I'm a dummy. Um, but uh, <laughs> funny you mentioned that because I've just got my new notebook, the uh, Ooh, Infinity Gauntlet. Check wow. it out. Very cool. With oh, the that's actual awesome. lights. That's awesome. That's amazing. That's With the actual yeah, soul stone. <laughs> oh, no. Don't snap. No. <laughs> that, you should, that would look great on the top of a Christmas tree, Elliot. Oh, awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the book with a thousand uses. <laughs> <laughs> Writing in it, looking at it, putting it on a Christmas tree, and 997 other uses. <laughs> Yeah, story-wise, I think you hit on it. It was just repetitive. It didn't build. It was just the same thing. And, yeah, it didn't advance in any way until, yeah, Rich Texan was looking at a sunset for whatever reason. Yeah, and they've done this in the classic era before, too, where they cut back and Homer's not paying attention. But I found them, I think it was the end of the first vignette, where they cut to Homer just uh, not listening to the story, and he's just singing along to Jamaican beats on Sirius Radio. Yeah. I found that especially... Especially obnoxious. Well, because it was the very much yeah. the Dan Castellaneta like, like really mocking tone of just like, is this, what is this? What am I, what am I supposed to laugh at here? Just the, a guy doing a funny voice. Is that what's, is that what's right. funny? <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's not, that's not, that's not content. You can't, you can't that's just go and put it out there on the airwaves and expect people to right. subscribe on Patreon, patreoncom studios. You can't expect that. <laughs> You know, just speaking of the frame story, 
we'll talk about the Bartman Begins story at some point, I'm assuming. But before we even get into that, I felt like they really cut that one short so that they could have like nothing at the end. Just like coming back to Homer and the rich, rich Texan having oh, there was oh, a joke the... about like, oh, we're we have a lot in common. We're both from Connecticut because he's very much sounds like he's from Texas. Oh, he no, I think it was a joke on uh, the Bushes are from Connecticut. And uh, they, they made their name on being, we're real Americans, we're rural Texans, and we have ranches. But they're like all Yale graduates, and they grew up in for like a rich blue blood Connecticut family. What about the joke when he says, revenge never solves anything? Then what is America doing in Iraq? Was that about oh. the Bushes too? <laughs> I <laughs> mean, Must have been on their mind. That joke worked. I mean, don't forget, this aired in the, the height it was of the okay. Iraq war. I, that is still mm. going on to this day. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is what it is, but it's just... I don't know. It was like, oh, subtlety, huh? (laughs) Dan's throwing the proverbial shoe at that joke. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think these framework bits had a lot of, you know, tenants of bad Simpsons and especially bad Homer. Because, yeah, like you said, you got that Dan Castellaneta improvising bit. You got him just scrolling through all the stations and just reading them. And oh, that dumb bit with the uh, how many stars do you think there are? Two. Two and then five minutes later he's still talking about it. Yeah, yeah. I like the two. I like the two. I like him just going two, and then the text two. But that was all I needed. Just a uh, we... extra beat alarms going on uh-oh, all, all, uh, oh off, all over the place. Extra in this one. beat. Make some borscht with all these extra beats laying around. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about that Star Wars thing at the end, and it's the very last thing yeah, in the sure. episode. But we jump around on this show. I love it. <laughs> jump around. Jump up and jump up and get down. <laughs> Something I didn't love was the Star Wars thing at this end of the episode because it just ends with this episode is dedicated to all those who died in the Star Wars films. What is that? Mm. What is this? Star well, Wars isn't most... about revenge. <laughs> that's, I mean, revenge of the Sith is. <laughs> Except revenge of the Sith, I guess, technically. <laughs> Nerds. Uh, I would love to hear what Elliot thought about that. Oh, it was padding. And like, what's the connection? Because they were talking about stars. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, is that I, it? I, was that? Oh. I, I guess. Maybe two stars, two suns on the planet of Tatooine. Huh? <laughs> is that anything? B- binary <laughs> stars. Yeah, I thought I, my take was that it was also here are these movies based on revenge, which no, kind of like the uh, Bart the General ends with, uh, you know, there are no good wars except for World War II and the Star Wars trilogy. Yeah, a good joke. Uh, by the mm. way, Bart, there's nine Star Wars movies plus another two, you dum-dum, and a TV show. <laughs> but, uh, Way to be from the past, and... you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> He's still ten years old. Boy, that joke didn't age well. Oh, boy. Haven't you heard of Baby Yoda? <laughs> I don't make any Star Wars jokes, just in case. I always I always make a reference to episode 90, just in case. Just in case they get there. But yeah, even even besides why, it was just unfunny. Let me let me rattle off some of these Star Wars uh so it was like you said, it was to everybody who died in the Star Wars uh movies. One of the yeah. jokes was General Grievous, parentheses a droid. He wasn't a droid. Yeah. He was, a, he's a per- he was an alien. I believe he was like a half-droid person, uh, Jack. No, he wasn't. He just he... had robot parts, like Vader. He yeah, was a proto-Vader. Like... Vo- yeah, Vader's... He's a part of a robot. <laughs> Cyborg. Vader's not a droid. Oh, he's. Um... I, I think all the humanity was drained from him on that fight with Obi-Wan Kenobi on the planet uh, yeah. of Mustafar, uh... Jack. Okay, so then who saved Luke at the end of Return of the Jedi, Dan? I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
We all <laughs> did. The audience watching. <laughs> yeah, that scene where Luke turns to the camera and goes, now everybody needs to applause to bring <laughs> me back to life. <laughs> I can't hear you. <laughs> uh, also, they made a Jar Jar Binks joke, which, come on. Uh, yeah, that, uh, that, that did... I thought was the laziest of the lazy. Even at that point, it's just a cold-ass take. Like, yeah, and yeah. then there was Hut, comma, Jabba the... Anyway, these are like shit that... Also, Sice Noodles never died, and that's canon. <laughs> oh, that's a great point. Yeah, well... Uh, Not yeah, only is it a great say... point, it's in the Wikipedia page for this episode. <laughs> Sice Noodles was never shown to die on camera. <laughs> <laughs> She choked on a on a yeah. Just in my extended Star Wars universe lore that I'm <laughs> writing at SizeNoodlesLives.org, <laughs> written by Kevin Smith. <laughs> um, no, but anyway, those it was just really lazy. It, that's like the dumb shit me and Dan would write in high school. Like it's just like it's funny to yeah. a 15 year old. You think you're being so clever by doing what if we put Hut comma Jabba the like it's his last name, mm. and then they're just high fiving yeah. each other in the Simpsons writers room and collecting their six figure paychecks. They get a drink yeah. and call it a day. <laughs> no, it just it didn't make sense for the whole thing. It, you just wonder why it was there. And when it was so incredibly unfunny, it's like, yeah, people went to effort to animate this and <laughs> yeah. didn't just say, no, nah, let's cut this. Yeah. But yeah, we'll uh, hook into the stories now. So the first one, the Count of Monte Fatso. Oh, boy. Clever. <laughs> Puns are the laziest form of writing. <laughs> oh, boy. There's a lot of oh, lampshading in this episode. Sorry. For real. So what do you guys think of this one? And I'm not familiar at all with this original source material. Do you guys know anything about it? Or I have never read it. I mean, it's uh, I, I, all I know is that it's long and it's French and it's about revenge. And all of those things are in there. Who wrote it? It's I not think it's Duma- Victor Hugo, Duma- right? Victor Hugo? Okay. I could be wrong. Jack was right. It was Dumas. Now, it makes me want to read it. I've been getting back. I used to love 19th century literature uh, when I was younger. You know, as a cool hip, uh, <laughs> definitely getting laid yeah. teenager. All the kids, um, they're always reading the Count of Monte Cristo on the bus well, I, anyway, the I, I, Yeah, dude, dealing out that class lit. <laughs> I've been getting back into it this uh, lately, 19th century. But no, I never read it, but I, I saw the Guy Pierce movie. And I, so it's I, just I, as good. I was, Australia's own. I was, it was, I was familiar with the beats. I would say this was the strongest of the three segments. Definitely. You know what? I hadn't thought about it, but I guess it was. It definitely felt like the longest, and I don't necessarily mean that as a compliment let's say it was the most developed of them because the geeks one was really just the bit of millhouse has a weapon and he's using it against the bullies we'll talk about that one when we get there and then the bartman begins is like let's do a batman thing but i felt that they did nothing with the the idea of let's do a batman thing except for one great grandpa joke that we'll talk about later too Right, yeah. and and Monte Cristo is you know it's a complicated novel. It's got you know it's not a straightforward plot. There's the the beginning. There's the prison break. There's a whole middle section they cut out where he makes his fortune, and then there's the climax. But it is kind of a perfect revenge tale. So if you're gonna do a re- revenge vignette, that's the one you want to mirror. And by mirroring a classic novel with layered beats to it. Uh, it's kind of, you know, I guess uh, Hugo, if it was Hugo, did all the work for the Simpsons writers. So it's probably why it worked best story-wise. Yeah, definitely. It, it had its story beats already built into it. All you had to do was, yeah, not fuck that up. Yeah, make French jokes. Um, yeah, which, which well, they, they did. They did that, yes. <laughs> and it doing this weird thing of, yeah, post-classic Simpsons where if they're doing a fantasy or a story or whatever and inserting the characters in somewhere else and, yeah, having them do half-assed French accents the whole way through. 
Fortunately, they didn't lean on it too hard in this one. It's been way more egregious at other times, but yeah, total whiteboard bullet point writing of French jokes, basically. Yeah, yeah um, I was surprised. Some more worked for me than I would have expected. I, I'm not a fan of when they do the. <laughs> but no, they uh, did it kind of work. Like the snoring, I didn't like that. At yeah, all. I like the oh. snor. I liked it as a snoring. And if oh, that was the like only that. thing they did, I, that would have worked for me. Hard agree. But I like the. I, mean, I guess I didn't like them. I just wrote them down. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> there, the, the, there the one, one I did like. I liked. Yeah, the one I liked, and maybe we'll see if me and Dan are still simpatico, oh, or whatever see. the French word for simpatico is, simpatique. But uh, sure, uh, <laughs> I, don't know. I, I didn't take French four, Dan. I only took French two and three. Uh huh. I don't remember any French. Uh, so. I like the uh, line where he calls Marge, uh, "You're the best wife in the 17th uh, Ari uh, Ari does Ari." Uh, what Arrondissement. Arrondissement. See, that was in French four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't get this. <laughs> that was fine. It's like the neighborhoods in Paris are arrondissements. Is that's just how they're broken up? It's just like a very you have to be a bit of a francophile to get it, I guess. The one that I liked was the kids see something in a shop window and they're like, "Oh, may we get it? May we? May we?" And Homer like takes mm. out a bunch of money and goes, "May we?" Which means like, "But yes," in French. I chuckled at it. I, I won't say it was the strongest joke. That, that's that's one of the ones I wrote down, and I can't remember if I wrote it down because I liked it or didn't like it. <laughs> I, I wrote, I kind of liked that. I, I chuckled, I won't lie. Uh, it just sounded like Mayor Wayne to me, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so what uh, what about the bit where Mo does get Homer sentenced to trees? And I don't know, none of that courtroom scene really did nothing for me. No, yeah, I, I, liked, I liked Mo being in the doorway, though. That got a huge laugh out <laughs> that, of it. That was the gag I liked, too, because Mo, Mo is looking on at Homer jealously, and he says, all I got is this doorway, and it pulls back. He was leaning in a doorway. It's just a freestanding doorway in the middle of the street. And it's that even worked. one where they went for the extra beat, and i got to say, it worked for me, where he's like, yeah, yeah packing up his doorway and leaving, and yeah. I, I agree with you, Elliot. I, I like that bit. I disagree with both of you, but that that's why we're here. Ooh. If we all agreed, it wouldn't be an exciting podcast. I, I didn't that's like the right. extra beat. Well, yeah, that's it. The extra beat is a risky move. And, yeah, it doesn't always pay off, like uh, when Homer's escaping from the prison and he reappears through the puddle. Okay, let's talk about that, because the, the premise is basically he jumps off a cliff. Well, I have other comments about this whole thing, but he, he had been looking at this puddle in his, his cell that he apparently was sharing with Mr. Burns. He, di he dives off a cliff, he swims away, he swims back up, and he comes in through the puddle. I actually liked that. I thought that was funny and worked. Like, oh, he went out, but he just went right back where he yeah, was. I agree. But then it's just like a quick cut, and he comes, he jumps out again, and he comes immediately up the puddle again. And I was like, oh, no, don't, don't do it again. No, that's it. They struck gold. Why do they have to keep digging? <laughs> yeah, that's right. There might be more gold. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta keep going. Well, speaking of gold, I liked the bit where, yeah, he discovered the treasure and um, he's like, oh, I found a penny. My lucky day. Yeah, <laughs> Surrounded yeah. by, yeah, just as he's Scrooge McDucking his way through yeah, all right. those coins. Uh, I liked in the penny thing too there. He also spits out silver. Like he's swallowing all this gold and he could taste, yeah. ew, silver. <laughs> well, he's right. Silver's disgusting. <laughs> Does not taste like chicken. Any th other notes about this segment? Yeah, you mentioned, you made a little reference to our uh, our podcast uh, when you uh, said Mayoween. Uh, and uh, me and Dan so Jack doesn't about have a this... note on this episode. He just wants to plug another show. <laughs> <laughs> well, me and Dad talked about this before um, when we've done our own vignette of vignettes uh, with Bible stories, and uh, we actually have one. Our season finale is coming out in a couple of weeks. Thanksgiving of Horror. Oh, cool! But when they do uh, these vignette episodes that aren't Treehouse of Horror, they still tend to keep the graphic, groufic 
violence of the Treehouse of Horror segments. Even, you know, I get why they're graphically violent in Treehouse of Horror or even Thanksgiving of Horror. It's right there in the name, horror. When you do Bible stories or when you do tall tales or when you do revenge tales, you don't necessarily need to be graphic. Mo could have gotten his comeuppance and died, but he's literally boiled alive. And then we see Milhouse decapitate uh, Willie um, and we see some other violence. licks up his own blood. Yeah, I think Batman, Mm. uh, Bartman kills a few people, which, you know, Batman does not use guns. But uh, that's true. But yeah, no, I, I wanted to just bring up that this. What do you guys think about the fact that these vignettes ha- always have to be so graphic? I mean, graphic. <laughs> yeah, well, especially because his little revenge conveyor belt thing, like, it was all so goofy, yeah. it kind of ended pretty brutally, getting <laughs> flambéed, basically. Yeah, I-, I thought it's like, oh, this silly, like, roller coaster of death, and it's like, oh, he sets Mo on fire at the end and, like, literally yeah. burns him alive and then cut to these horrible, horrific monster children that he apparently had with Marge that are just kind of like, Maggie with Moe's face and voice. Yeah. Oh, oh, the Mogi triplets. Yeah. Oh, Mogi. Oh, <laughs> that means he put his thing in Mars. Oh, like in that Playboy issue that she was in. <laughs> and they're triplets, so he had to at least fuck her three times. Yuck. <laughs> Elliot, that's not how it works. Is that how triplets work? <laughs> <laughs> That's not how it works, Elliot. <laughs> really? Explain. We, we have to have a talk after this podcast. Yeah, after this I gotta, podcast. We got to teach you, you about some birds and some bees. <laughs> Why are they fucking triplets? <laughs> Anything else left to say about this segment? Uh, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, uh, not an official ranking, but if you were to use the Simpsons Index six-point scale, which goes failure, participant, bronze, silver, gold, cubic, zirconia, and you were just ranking this segment alone, what would you give it? It's the best one of the three. I kind of want to say I I could almost go silver, especially since we've established that silver sucks. Um, (laughs) But uh, it's definitely not a failure. I don't think it's a failure either. I, I'm gonna wait to see what Dan says. I'm me, I'm torn between bronze and si- I'm between bronze and silver, and I want to alter mine based on Dan's. I'm actually between participant and bronze. I might go right. bronze because I think this is the strongest of the three, and the other two are gonna rank lower. So I think I'll I'll land on bronze. And I'm going silver. Yeah, it's a pretty easy bronze for me. Again, this episode is Mendoza line. It just hits the basic level of competence. And yeah. you know, I don't think there's any many awful jokes in this one. It's just yeah, the worst parts are just a bit flat, I guess. All right, and the next segment, yeah, Revenge of the Geeks. Yeah, like we said, it's so easy to sum up this story. Yeah, Millhouse gets uh, the Infinity Gauntlet and starts <laughs> Wait, fucking shit I, up. I'm sorry, <laughs> I hate true. to screw up the whole flow of everything. There was, I thought it was in the Bartman Begins uh, segment, but no, it was in Monte Cristo. I have to bring this up. When Mr. Burns and, and Homer are cellmates, he makes reference to the fact that he repeatedly violated Homer in his sleep. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, that, I'm I sorry. That I, that I, was I, an awful joke. I, I right. know. I, I just remember because Mo turns into a crepe at the end, and I was like, I wanted to make a crepe rape reference, and I couldn't remember why. And now I remember. It's, <laughs> oh, Mo got craped and Homer got raped. It's, there you go. Nailed um, it. That just made me very uncomfortable that like they just casually put in. Like, mm. There's another dark joke. I think I wrote down like two things that were really dark. That was one of them. The other one, it's actually in the in the Bartman thing, but they do. We can talk to it when we get there, but it's about Flanders. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll wait we'll until get we talk that, about the yeah. Bartman one. We can talk about that later. Yeah, the other dark thing was not a, a sexual thing. It's in this um, Revenge of the Geeks one where Milhouse is in the library and he's hiding behind a cutout of Hitler that said, "Before yeah. I was a Nazi leader, I was a Nazi reader," and he's holding a copy of Mein Kampf. Um, yikes. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's that hasn't aged well or ever was a good idea. <laughs> yeah, it was stillborn. Yeah, give a hoot reader book has lost its flair. We need to go with something edgier. <laughs> give a hail. Who knows? Who does everyone recognize? <laughs> God. Oh lord. But yeah, that, that this whole segment was this was easily my least favorite of the three. Is it? Is it parodying? Well. I actually don't Anything? know. I might no. I might think the Bartman one was a little worse than this one because this actually I had it's not parroting anything. I thought it was going to be a Revenge of the Nerds thing, but it, it's not really other than the fact that there are nerds and they enact revenge on bullies. I guess I mean, um, is there any horrors or thrillers or, or, or revenge tales that involve a glove? Like I, I, I it reminded me of that movie um, Turbo Kid, but that came out much later. And then there's that video game Nintendo uh, glove uh, movie. Oh, The Wizard with Fred Savage. Right, so I was wondering if there was some cult horror film where somebody had like a glove and was killing people with it. I guess Freddy Krueger, but that's not. What yeah, I, meant. I mean, yeah, that's not not that I'm aware of, but maybe there is. And I did like the idea that the violence was bully themed. Basically, Martin and the other uh, super friends come up with a yeah, glove database that, report card. Yeah, has bully based weapons like uh, wet willies and and wedgies and stuff. Yeah, that was that was funny. That was a good idea. Um, I like dry willy. As a, there's wet I like dry, dry willies. Yeah, yeah dry willies good. Then there was yeah extra beats going off there where they just yeah had about three more things and it was like nah dry yeah. willy was the joke. Yep, dry willy was, was your winner. Mm. Yeah, I I kind of thought it was once I realized it was not Revenge of the Nerds. I thought maybe it was going to be like a weird science thing because Martin was like I have an invention that's going to change everything, but it's not really that either. I will say that this had the biggest laugh for me in the whole episode was in this segment when so the the premise is basically you know Martin has this infinity gauntlet type weapon that will do bully things to the bullies and they want to bait the bullies into coming after the nerds so martin goes into the into the bathroom where they're all hanging out and says good morning dinguses what are you all doing touching each other's butts (laughs) (laughs) i like that idea because of course he would have done the work and tried to figure out scientifically the most <laughs> the, <laughs> provocative the key word, the key phrase <laughs> yeah. to rile them up. And that was perfect. Uh, that line did nothing for me, but I did like the, oh, they, chase him in, oh. they chased him into the library and then the bullies look around and go, what is this place? I like that. <laughs> that was good. Actually, before that, there was another line that I did like, not as much, but when Martin's showing this weapon off to the, the kids, actually, there was another line I liked. I guess I like this one the best. Um, <laughs> when he's showing them the, the weapon, he says, all it requires is a small amount of coordination, and they're all like, oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I liked it. Uh, I just broader, in terms of broader, I, I, wanted to, I was curious... Or want to bring up, it's weird that Millhouse is the main character. Usually in these vignette episodes, they spread it across Homer and or Marge, Bart and Lisa. It's usually three of the stories go to three of those four characters. Uh, it was weird to see it go to Flan- uh, to Mill. I could have easily seen it gone to Lisa. Lisa is a nerd. She's sick of getting bullied. At first, it's it's done with good intentions, but the power goes to her head. And Millhouse is the one that tries to talk her down, and, and you know she turns on him. I could have seen that. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I kind of like that. You know, Millhouse is a big enough secondary character to get his own uh, four-minute segment. And I was actually disappointed because at first I thought it was going to be Martin. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is because Martin's the one in the bathroom. And I was like, oh, wow, we haven't had a Martin-centric story since, like, season three. So I was kind of excited. But, yeah, it's just weird. It was a weird choice for them to go with Milhouse and not Lisa. I mean, I guess he's more nerdier than her, but... You know, Lisa's a smart, unpopular person, but she never gets bullied. Like, Milhouse gets bullied. I mean, Yeah, and I think Milhouse was kind of perfect in that way because... 
yeah, it's, you know, the whole power going to his head thing that works and, like, he's the one that would be using it to creep on Lisa, who, yeah, he's shown yeah. to be creepy with in the past. So I feel like that worked for it all. Yeah, it works. It was just, you know, it was noteworthy that Milhouse gets his own vignette. It's a good point about Martin as well, because, like, I did a little dive into, like, season one and two a little while ago, and I did notice that Martin was a way more prevalent character back then. Yeah. He was almost, yeah, Bart's yin and yang almost. Yeah, he had, to do, yeah. he had three men in the comic book, which is a classic episode. Um, Saturdays of great- Thunder. They had Saturdays of Thunder where he was Bart's foil. They had that great B story where he helps Bart study and Bart helps him become cool and then Martin turns on him. Yeah. yeah. Just right before we started recording, somebody texted me as a phone a friend for trivia. The question was, uh, what was the campaign slogan that Bart and Martin both had when they ran against each other for class president? Um, yeah. Dan, oh. and, and I'm sure, a vote for I'm Bart sure. is a vote for uh, chaos, right? Or a vote for anarchy. That's what I said. See, I said chaos. <laughs> and a it vote was for anarchy. Yeah. Oops. But anyway, yeah, Martin was a much bigger character, and uh, the voice actress just uh, recently died. Yeah. yeah. So it was on my mind that, oh, man, they should have used more Martin while they had him. No, definitely. Man, that is so funny. The cat just keeps coming in the right side of the screen. You put it down yes. to the left. And it she comes she really wants right. to be part of the podcast. She had opinions she, on this episode as well. She's like Neo stuck in the subway terminal <laughs> in Matrix 3. <laughs> I was just thinking she's like Pac-Man, you know, goes out one side of the map. <laughs> Waka, 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 waka. Yeah. Uh, anything else to say about this segment? It's actually funny, you know, talking about this, uh, I am realizing, yeah, I think I do like it a bit more than I thought I did. But one of my biggest criticisms is that, yeah, it did just end up devolving into a list of shit that bullies do to nerds. And yeah. it became boring because of that, because we're just hitting the same jokes again and again. Um, talking about it now, there were a lot of funny moments, but I think as a story, this was the slightest of the three because it was like, there's not really a lot here. It's Milhouse gets this weapon and goes past power mad and i did want to mention the other line that i i think i liked i think i'm falling on the side of liking it is millhouse says to lisa having a weapon at school has really made things awesome yeah. oh god jeez dark, dark but i think yeah, i this, liked it yeah this each was, one has such a dark moment <laughs> <laughs> yeah this was before i guess all the this was after columbine but before the school shooting every week yeah speaking of dark lines there's uh one i wanted to mention and this is like one of those lines where it's like, oh, yeah, this was funny. I guess they thought this was funny then and it probably wouldn't work now. It'd be too uh, not PC. Normally, I feel like I take the side of you don't make those jokes. But because Willie made it, I loved it. And it's where he goes to Villas goes, what's the power glove for opening the cap and your weirdo pills? And I, just, <laughs> I love that he's making fun of like this kid's mental illness. And, and you know, I'm assuming he means his lithium or his Prozac or Ritalin or whatever. But yeah. just the Willie delivery was great. Willie gets me every time. I don't know. There's something about when adults join in on the bullying of children in shows that I do get, think that's, is kind of funny. That's true. That is true. Um, I do like Egghead that. Like when... bookie work. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, tucking him in. Like when I think it Nelson smacks Martin or something and then Mrs. Krabappel goes, ah, oh, thank you. <laughs> like... So the, of my two other notes, uh, Nelson is one of them. I, I wrote down Deus Ex Nelson, where he, he comes and saves a day. Uh, and takes out Milhouse. You forgot about me because I had the mumps. All right, which is that's, which that's was true. Something. I didn't forget about Nelson. I, I, I not, at one <laughs> yeah. no point did I go, "Where's Nelson?" Deus ex Munson. Uh. <laughs> okay, all right, I'll take it. Puns, lazy form of writing. Got a Deus ex something. <laughs> and uh, my one other note is uh, Bart goes, "I carumba," and then it cuts back to the framework in the car, and uh, Bart goes to Lisa. 
who's telling the story goes, wait, my only line in the story is I Carumba? Uh, that worked for mm. me, breaking the fourth wall yeah, a little it was bit. Fine. I, it was all right. Yeah, this one, like, you know, it was a good, like, comedic surprise for me because especially, like, so much in the HD era, they insert a real unnecessary Bart going I Carumba. And sometimes it feels like they've pulled the audio from an old episode. I don't know. Just that's what it sounds like to my ears. But yeah, this one worked for me. Yeah, Nancy can't say it anymore contractually. It's against Scientology. She can't say I can remember. <laughs> it's like Meep. They just uh, yeah doubled it up on the track. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, and also to the brutal violence. Yeah, um, Ultimate Noogie just willy gets the head cut off. Yeah, I, I kind of like that. I, I mean, I was like... A little surprised that it was so violent and graphic for a non-Halloween vignette episode, but I think that's to Jack's point that he was making before, that they, they you know, once the wheels are off, the wheels are really off for the, the writers. Yeah, I, yeah. I, it's not that I'm taking a hard stance on this, it's just I, I hope the writers understand that if you write a short story... It doesn't have to be like graphically violent. That 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 doesn't come with the territory. I know the lottery is one of the most famous short stories, but <laughs> that's why the New Yorker won't publish my slash fiction. I guess it's just too violent for them. <laughs> wow, that's a callback to very early worst episode ever episodes. <laughs> that's true. Uh, I didn't mind the Skinner line of Willie clean it up and then he's just yeah, licking up his own blood. That worked for me. I, I kind of like that too. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's very hard to botch a Willie joke. <laughs> Is that a pun? Anyway, um, uh, so if you were to rank this segment and this segment alone, what would you give it? I feel like I talked myself into a bronze. I was going <laughs> to say participant, but I think I, I think I might go bronze on this one too. No, you're a convincing lawyer. I would have gone bronze as well. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I was going to give it a failure, and I almost feel like now it's not necessarily that I was convinced to go up. It's just that I really don't have a strong enough argument to call it a failure. I don't know. There was. It just felt. It felt like nothing to me. It really. I don't it's know. very just, insubstantial, but I think the jokes yeah. that are there are the best of the batch. All right, I'm gonna mm. go participant. I, you you voted me up that's, from failure. That's that's fair. All right, and the final segment, Batman Begins. They're basically doing Batman Begins, but what if Batman? Oh, and- I, I, oh, <laughs> I, I, I have um two kind of overall things. Well, one overall thing and one um about the way they lead into this story. So the way that they have it is Bart is the one telling the story. The you know they're all in the car with the rich Texan overplot that we were talking about before, um and Homer turns to Bart and says, you're too dumb to tell a story. And I was like, man, yeah. that's that's <laughs> cold, even for Homer. Like, usually there's like a joke in there that's just like, no, you're stupid and you're my son and I hate you. It's just like, oh, God. Yeah, yeah. Homer sucks in all of these. And like yeah. the Monte Cristo one, he was like, oh, I'm not listening to much. And then later on, he was like, oh, you're going to tell the Count of Monte Cristo? I love that story. Yeah, uh, not great. Yeah, not great, yeah. Homer. Very, this was peak ja- uh, jerk-ass Peak Homer. jerk-ass is mm. right. For the overall story, though, I, I was excited when I saw Bartman Begins come up. And I was like, oh, they're doing like a parody of Batman Begins, which they kind of do. I mean, you definitely see the origin story. But then it veers more into like a campy send up of the 60s TV show as opposed to like the grittier Nolan movies. Like you have all the campy villains that they trot out in a little montage. And I was like, oh, this is like a different thing. And it's not as good as what I wanted. Oh, that was fine for me because uh, the the Batman origin is kind of the same, whether it's Tim Burton or or Nolan or uh, Snyder. But uh, as for the next act... It's a comedy. It makes more sense to have uh, the '60s uh, silly villain. What are you gonna? How are you gonna parody Dark Knight Rises? Or you know, it's just uh, you know, you could do it, but it was just better, easier to. And also, 
when you're working with a four minute segment and you have to use these tropes to do all the shortcut storytelling, it's a lot yeah. easier to do that with a broader version of Batman than a more subtle. Yeah. It didn't have to be a four minute segment though. You could chop yeah. off some of the garbage at the end and, you know, extend things. I was really looking for a gritty story Bart about Man. Bartman where he murders a bunch of people by throwing <laughs> them into high voltage lines and also the police help him by shooting a corpse that he's already killed. That was fucked. Maybe if one day people see what Bartman can do, then they'll know that there's hope for all of us. <laughs> like I don't I don't think that plays. I don't know. I, just... I guess not. Well, it's like they already did stretch dude and Clobbergirl in the past, which was kind yeah. of their campy Batman thing. And that's true. Like if you're going to go back to the well, I mean, what else are you going to do with it? It's like, oh, okay, it's pretty much just the same amount of water. And then they also open it with a bunch of 1920s gags, which, you know, I get that Gotham is kind of in this uh, gothic time period that doesn't quite fit into any decade, especially like Batman animated series where it was both 90s and 30s at the same time. Yeah. But it was just, if you're doing a Batman parody and you're only doing four minutes of it, why are you wasting time with just non-Batman 1920s jokes like King Kong on the Empire State Building and, and other, uh, mm. That's true. other That's 20s true. jokes? There was also a weird, a weird line where they're coming out of the movie and it's just before Snake shoots Homer and Marge in like the send up of Batman's origin. And Bart just goes, that stunk worse than boiled cabbage. And I was like, that's a weird and bland line, like boiled <laughs> that cabbage. That joke stumped worse than boiled cabbage. <laughs> Fucking take that big boiled cabbage. Yeah, <laughs> took them down hey, one whole a, peg. There is a big cabbage <laughs> character in the Avatar Last Airbender universe, just, just, just to point it out. Big cabbage is, is a trope in that show, and it's very funny. Uh, I don't know if you're joking or not, Jack. I'm not. It's a very. You should watch Last Airbender. It's a great, it's a right. great show. What I do want to mention about this uh, classic Batman uh, origin story is I love that Marge already has the pearl necklace like built into the mythology. Yeah. yeah. So they didn't have to like stretch it. It's, it's, it's right there. Fuck, I've seen those pearls come off <laughs> so <laughs> every, many times every now. Every right. movie. Every movie. Every movie. But yeah, like you said, it was inbuilt, so that all really worked. But yeah, I did like the casting of Grandpa as the, I guess, the Liam Neeson role. It works. Oh no, I, oh, I saw yeah, this Alfred. I didn't see Alfred. him as That's a... true. He could be. Oh, okay. He yeah. does train him as well, so he kind of plays both parts. But either way, I that it was works. So good. Yeah, it works yeah. because of his Hellfire, uh, Hellfish. Uh, he wasn't in Hellfire. He wasn't in the Hellfire Club. He wasn't in the Hellfire but, Club. Uh, no. They worked in his Hellfish canon. Yeah, that kind of fits. Yeah. Like because I, I believe a lot of takes on Alfred now is that he was like this uh, intense, like you know, black ops uh, green. Yeah, Beret he was or in the RAF or something, and was uh, yeah, all sorts of things. Yeah, casting Grandpa in, in that Burma. role. Yeah, that that worked for me. That was great. They didn't do a ton with it, except he said, uh, I used to fight crime as the Crimson Cockatoo, and he shows Bart the newspaper clipping, and it's just him beat up on the steps, and it's then Crimson Cockatoo beats senseless. <laughs> that was one that of my was, favorite That jokes. was great. That was one of my favorite gags. And you can be the Crimson Cocker boy. <laughs> yeah. I like that, too. I like that a lot, too. Uh, no, thanks. The kids can call you Hoju. Um, I, <laughs> yeah. I also like during the mugging where he uh, points the gun at Homer and Marge and Bart, uh, and Homer goes, you can't frighten me. And then he just shoots Homer. And then he goes, or my wife. And then he just shoots Marge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was good. No, and this was one where I thought it was perfect casting as well. And digging into the Bartman origins, because, again, much like Bart and Martin's friendship, this is just something that has not been brought up in decades at this point. Yeah. Like, No, I, I think the only 
appearance. I, I could be wrong if there was something in the you know the the mid two thousand seasons, but the only time Bartman was ever actually on the show was in Three Men in a Comic. It was like yeah. the fake character he dresses as to get into the Comic Con for free. Um, and then they did things with it, you know, in the comics and and kind of the the extended canon of the Simpsons <laughs> universe, but never really anything on the show until now. I did play the hell out of the video game. That's right, the video games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess that's why Bartman must stick in my mind a little bit more because it was definitely a big merchandising point for him back in the nineties. Look at this. This is from 1990. It's on my desk right now. Is that a pog or a button? I can't tell. It's a, it's a button. It's a button. Uh, I thought maybe Could, Bartman was back yeah. in pog form. No, for your listeners, it's a button that I I got when I was five years old that says Bartman, Avenger of Evil, Watch a Dude. Right. So is he is he Batman or is he an Avenger? <laughs> pick pick a lane. Oh, I don't know. Pick a lane, guys. Um, and I like that Snake. At first, I was surprised. But I guess, like you were saying, it went from Nolan to Camp. But at first, Snake is playing the Joe Chill right. alley gangster role. But then he becomes a supervillain. He becomes the serpent. The serpent. And, and at Ooh. first, I was like, isn't it obvious? Like, Bart seems to be surprised that the Snake is serpent. But I, I, I guess yeah. that is a Batman thing where everybody's real names are actually right there, like Harleen Quinzel and, and Edward yeah. <laughs> Victor Freeze. Yeah. So they do a whole rapid-fire comedy villain thing. I wrote down all of them. You mm. had the Toker, and it was Otto dressed up as a giant joint. Good pun. Not great. Good, oh, I <laughs> love that pun. <laughs> you would with your tie-dye shirt, Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> they cut to the Diddler, which yeah. is Flanders dressed as the Riddler. With, with like I think he had crosses instead of question marks, and Rod and Todd were there as angels slash altar boys, and he was like looking at them lasciviously, and it was like... A Catholic, uh, or at least religious, oh. diddling gag. I thought it was just because he says diddly, you know, he just says diddly a lot. And uh, I. No, I thought it was definitely supposed to be like a child molesting. Because I, I don't. Yeah, I that's don't, what I got from I it. Yeah. I wish I were wrong. No, I didn't. Well, take, I didn't know I didn't, if that'd translate because I didn't know if diddler was like an Australian word, but it seems like you guys, unfortunately. No, know no, we too. diddle over here. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> we, we diddle. Um, we do some diddling. No, in these I didn't take it that here. way at all because it's Flanders. But I guess you're right. It does tie into the whole Catholic priests uh, and their their diddling. Yeah, those were the first two, and then I thought the rest of them were kind of lame. It was Mr. Mole. It was just yeah. Hans Mole Man climbing out of the sewer. I think because he had sugar there, and spice. I think as there is a Mr. Mole, right? Or there is some kind of mole. Villain. Well, there's the Mole Man is a, a Fantastic Four villain. Oh, and then, uh, wrong universe. Right, but you have but you have right? Hans Mole Man, so I, I see why they did it. I know it's it's right there. Sugar and um, spice. Sugar and spice uh, with I, Patty and Selma. I don't know if they're in the comics, but sugar and spice are the actual two face henchwomen in Batman Forever, played by Drew Barrymore yeah. and Debbie Mazar. Drew Barrymore. Oh, that's, that's right. right. Debbie Mazar. Uh, so and they were dressed um, just I, like. I thought them. that was weird. That's a very obscure Batman reference to, to, to make. But you and I both got it, Jack. <laughs> That's so true. there's no actual joke there. It's just imagine if Patty and Selma, these gross fat women, were to wear these costumes. It's Yeah, it's nothing. Right. What a hilarious <laughs> joke. Well, mm. speaking of hilarious joke, the reason I was kept thinking the uh, rape joke in Mounty Fatso was in this Batman episode is because this Bartman episode has uh, what I think is an egregiously cruel thing with, uh, so the, the final villain is Poison Lenny instead of Poison mm, yeah. Ivy, and it's Lenny dressed up as Poison Ivy. Uh, and Which I exactly love. like Uma Thurman in, in Batman and Batman. Batman beats Same him up, it. and then he goes, but I'm not a villain. I'm just a transvestite. First of all, I don't know if transvestite's uh, uh, one of those words that are not, is not okay to say anymore. Uh, that might have gone the no, way. I of, think that's fine. It's just 
That's just a, a someone who dresses in. Uh, I thought it was just trans. The other trans, gender's yeah, clothing. Yeah, a trans dresser. And it's, I, it's archaic and sort of misused, yeah. basically. So yeah. then he's established he's not a bad guy. He just dresses in women's clothes, which obviously mm. had a, a negative connotation for a long time. And I feel like we're just now, as a society, you know, grown up enough to realize that there's nothing wrong with that. But then he's just yeah. like, after Bart beats him up for no reason, Wiggum then just shoots him repeatedly. So it was like, it was even like they-, they After Bart electrocutes him to death. Yeah, they yeah. really like dug in on on this, uh, you know, like uh, hate crimes against uh, LGBTQ. <laughs> We're going all in on killing transvestites <laughs> yeah, Jesus in this Christ, yeah. Uh, yeah. Bartman begins the race and hatred wars. Yeah, it was a and brutal it, hate and, crime. And it doesn't make sense, like, because the whole thing with Batman is he doesn't kill. I mean, he definitely- is killed but anyway like that's meant to be the thing that they're parodying and then yeah to do this it just like yeah trans people are killed in unfortunate high percentages and it just it's a bummer it's a fucking terrible bummer and again i get that we've grown a lot in the last four or five years as in global society in terms as in culturally we've we've you know a lot of people have caught up to what should have been and this is from 13, 14 years ago, but still it just came off as so mean. And uh, this show was produced in a fairly liberal culture that was supposed to be ahead of the curve to begin with. But no, this was to me the lowest point of the episode. I was like actively like mad at, at them for them for doing this. Well, it didn't really get any better because then after that, yeah, Bart mm-hmm. breaks into that party and Snake makes a bunch of snake puns, which, yeah, are just egregious. And they point out this is just lazy writing. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, puns are the lowest form of humor. It's like, oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. You were being lazy and then telling us about and they it. Were okay. lean- they were leaning into it, but I guess the puns make sense because they're parodying the fact that the campy 60s Batman also made all those puns, but... You know, they, yeah. they, were, they were leaning into them. Yeah. I will say this, uh, fans of our show certainly know that me and Dan have coined that the phrase Wiggum Lou Corner, where uh, Wiggum and uh, Lou have a little offside uh, conversation that's usually kind of a uh, slice of life and snarky. This was one of the rare ones where A, it was like very quick. It was just one one line each. Uh, and B, it worked for me. It was And it was right after Wiggum just killed a, a transvestite. So uh, for me to even laugh at it was uh, an accomplishment on its own. But they're at this party, that uh, this fancy uh, high society party. Lou comes up to Wiggum and goes, no sign of the serpent, chief. And Wiggum goes, everything's worked for you. Just lighten up. And that was just yeah, like a yeah. nice quick, it's not even a real Wiggum Lou corner, to be honest, but it was just a nice, uh, yeah. you know, Lou is doing the exact line he needs to do for exposition and then Wiggum just, you know, kind of writing it off. That, I, that was one of my favorite lines of the segment. Well, especially because they're clearly on duty there as well. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right. So yeah, that worked. Yeah. I'm out of notes for this segment. How about you guys? Um, I'm done. I think this is in the car. It's not in the actual segment, but basically Bart learns nothing. Maybe, maybe it is in the segment. Uh, and he gives like this lamps shading speech where he goes, uh, talks about how the the first two were kind of similar, mm. and even the third one would have worked as a Halloween story. Yeah, which is I was actually thinking that when Bart said it, and I was like, oh, that's yeah. interesting that they put that in the episode. It was very fourth wall breaking. Well, especially at this time because they were doing a lot of this is like around the area where they were doing the most vignette episodes. Like season seventeen had two of them. Like. Yeah, uh, yeah. and I've the, one of my previous times on your show was covering a, a vignettes episode, the wettest stories ever told, and I bring mm. that up because me and Dan just recorded an episode where I described me yeah. watching this episode for you, Elliot, the Poseidon <laughs> Venture parody, and I because those vignettes were even worse. Uh, the the water ba- like revenge based. Yeah, okay, yeah. that's a that's a liter- literary. That's a, theme, that's a story trope. Yeah, water based is very loose. Not an element. Three yeah. stories about water. Cool. 
Yeah. <laughs> no, at least this one, yeah, they could pull like actual stories from rather than just that mm, idea what are some wet things. Wet. <laughs> ah. uh, so if you were to rank Batman Begins on its own, what would you give it? I would probably give it a, a, a failure. I did not care for this one. Man, that the transvestite joke really upset me. I kind of want to give it a failure, but I still think this was stronger overall than the previous segment. So I can't rank it worse. I, I that's that's kind of why I wanted to rank the other one lower, uh, so that I can keep this a participant. But I, I guess I'll just do them the same. I'll say this is also a participant. Yeah, participant as well. There are a few jokes that brought me up, but yeah, there's some jokes that actively make it lose points rather than just exactly. not help it gain and yeah that was definitely one of them yeah. all right before we get into ranking the whole episode all three segments we have what is definitely the most important question that we ask on this podcast <laughs> and jack as a previous guest you um have already answered this but dan oh boy if you were to have a sandwich named after you what would be on that sandwich see we're building a, a sandwich board on the simpsons index it's hidden in our website if you'd like to find it <laughs> and so we want to know what's on the dan molehole what uh, is I gotta say, if it's a Dan sandwich, it's gotta be a lot of ham. (laughs) Hey, I see what you did there. (laughs) Um, Oh. I don't know. Should I give a jokey answer or like what I actually eat? No, real, real answer. Real answer. Okay, it would be salami and turkey with provolone, spinach, tomato, pickles, and oil and vinegar. Oh, nice. Wow. That's That's very similar to the sandwich I ate every single week when I worked. Remember when I worked at the deli in high school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like what I get at Subway, basically. So go in and tell them you want the dad, and they'll say, excuse me, sir, can you please leave right away? <laughs> I said, give me the dad! <laughs> no, it's interesting. Uh, the combination of white and uh, red meat. Very oh, yeah. good. Oh, yeah. And salty. And I'm getting into oil on a sandwich as oh, well. Oil and vinegar on a sandwich oh, is Oil uh, and vinegar, yeah, stuff. that's the way to go. Especially with pickles. I'm curious, though. What's the joke answer, though? The joke answer is... Shit! Be- boo! <laughs> <laughs> By the way, for the listeners at home... A lot of ham and uh, cheese would be the joke answer, for real. (laughs) For listeners at home, Dan has done this entire video uh, Zoom session, uh, signed in, his account name is just Poo. (laughs) Well, ass was taken, so... (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's wonderful. All right, well, it's time to rank this thing. Jack, you can go first. What would you like to rank this episode? I could live with myself. I could sleep at night if I gave it a bronze, but I think I'm going to stick with Participant. All right, Dan. Uh, yeah, I think I agree with Jack on that one. Uh, participant, I, I think, is fair. The whole overall episode, it's just not one that I would ever want to revisit. So, Yeah, I get that. I'm going to give it a bronze because it could be one that I could just sort of chuck on when I'm doing other things, but good. that's definitely no, a lot good, better. No, good, because I know you take the average of them, but if I was allowed, I would give this a shiny participant. <laughs> like That would be my mm. personal... So good. Bring it up. Bring up that average. This is why me and Dan don't give the numbers out publicly to our we rankings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we like to show our working on the Simpsons index. But yeah, like I said, it it hit just above the Mendoza line for me. It's just it's competent. Mendoza. That's, that's what I keep thinking too. <laughs> All right. Well, yep. Averaging out, this is a shiny participant. It'll be the second episode from season 18. We have given that ranking. It'll be joining Marge Gamer, which feels right. That sounds like an episode yeah. we did on the podcast, but I don't remember it at all. So. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we covered that. Yeah. That, that, that means Where Marge it, becomes a gamer. Yeah. It's probably on par because I probably won't remember this episode come tomorrow. I'll see if there's some other shiny participants that you guys would have covered. Uh, Homer versus Dignity, we also gave that rank. That's not uh, a great one. <laughs> Role did, in the family. Did you do Springfield up? How did that rank? 
Uh, shiny silver, actually. <laughs> One yeah, of our guests really liked it. I liked it enough. I almost gave it a bronze. One of your guests really liked the Speedo Man. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, no, because I think in our in we in our we have a, our worst episode ever subreddit. I believe Springfield mm. Up is one of those ones where some people really like it and other people don't. And me and Dan, uh, I think we, we ranked it a little harder than people expected. Yeah, well, we had one person in the room that just was flawed with it. And I almost went bronze. It's just got too many story problems. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, thank you so much for joining us for this vignette today. Thanks for having Thanks us. For having We're glad us. we got to get in on the uh, under the wire. We know you're yeah. uh, almost out of episodes. Although, once you do start doing exclusive late, late season uh, 30 whatever episodes, you're going to be on our turf, Elliot, and we're going <laughs> to be playing dirty. Oh, that's right. And uh, I hope you will join us again for one of those uh, Dirty 30 episodes. Ooh, I would love to. It's a date. Awesome. But if people want to check out more of your guys' stuff, where can they do that? Uh, they can go to wepodcast.com. That's W-E-E podcast.com. All of our episodes are there uh, and uh, all of our links to our social, everything. Uh, we have, we do a Patreon for people. So if anyone's interested in that, wepodcast.com. Go check it out. Yeah. And I'm uh, personally, I, I'm also very much online. Uh, I'm at Jackie No Breaks on Twitter and Instagram. Also, my website is mescriptreadgood.com. And if you are a aspiring screenwriter, I do uh, a very intense, uh, not quite tutoring, but uh, script notes and script review, and I'll email you one-on-one and, and help you uh, make your next draft your best draft. So check that out at, at mescriptreadgood.com. Awesome. And, yeah, fans, if they tune into my other podcast, Pulp Fury Radio, our scripted fiction podcast, Jack has a little cameo in our next episode called Jazz Noir, The Music of Murder. Ooh. Yeah. It's like... I'm excited. I'm excited to hear it because I only heard my lines and then I, I, in my head, I wrote the entire story around just my line and I don't know if you can live up to it, Elliot, but we'll see. Yeah, just one line, but man, no small actors, right? <laughs> <laughs> you really built the world around the uh, joke teller, I think we called him in the script. <laughs> Great. All right, guys, uh, that about does it and uh, stick around for the next segment. And we are back, and we have changed the lineup once again, and this will be the biggest lineup for a vignettes of vignettes. But first of all, let me reintroduce you to BT Calloway. I'm still here. You never <laughs> left. You were just uh, we're chained up and very quiet during the worst episode ever segment. I mean, I like to be polite. It's what I'm known for: <laughs> sitting quietly. Mm-hmm. And joining us all the way from Adelaide is our friend from Baby Beard Media, and it's the entire Baby Beard Media crew, including Sean. Uh, Nelson County is not a good drink. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, way to ruin that plug. And Ellen. Yeah, let's tank every sponsorship opportunity we can get. (laughs) Coca-Cola, suck my tits. (laughs) (laughs) That'd sell. And also Chris. Monster Energy Ultra Zero or Zero Ultra. I, I drink it a lot. I feel like a boomer. I'm really happy to be here. Hello, everyone. <laughs> and introducing us. for the first time. Oh, wait. No, no. You've done the index before. You're just not on the sandwich index. I've done the index. Yeah. Returning guest, sandwich. <laughs> Phil. Yeah, Fanta. It's all right. <laughs> it's nice. I was not ready for this many beverage truth bombs to be dropped. Fanta was invented by the Nazis. True fact. Yes. We're giving oh, you a, no. we're giving you a shit it. ton of money, dude. Like you're gonna have sponsorships out the ass. You're not gonna know what to do with them. Just <laughs> gonna bleep all of this. Depending on how this podcast goes, I think it might be lawsuits. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, Nelson County. You know what? We do suck. <laughs> what if they gave you money just to distance yourself from us? <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> but also, thanks man like you know after I, I think this is only fair after that time that you volunteered 
the massive, what was it, like seven-person shut-up-and-take-my-podcast, it's now time that you feel what it's like <laughs> to have all of us and you get to edit this claptrap. Ha ha, get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> and we had more on that episode as well. That was like a seven-person one, wasn't it? Ooh. Yeah, it was the six of us. Well, yeah. Oh, no, no, it was no, six. No, Chris, no, Chris, Chris, wasn't Chris there. you weren't here, which, there you go. And the pods in the key. So mm. that was a uh, seven. I can't do that. Ma- Look, too I'm many. just going to drink my it's Nelson County. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Nelson <laughs> County, you drink. Well, you you f- don't do you math. You forgot about me. So. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> what yeah. the fuck are we all doing here? <laughs> <laughs> we need vengeance. That's what. Phil what? won't be satisfied until he's had blood today. Fanta will do. <laughs> well, no, because you're not on the sandwich index. So I made a, a point to make sure you're on mm-hmm. it. And I was like, oh, he must have been on it because he didn't. Talk- no, of course. I just, I didn't have BT there. So I didn't ask the fucking question. Oh, wow. <laughs> what, what a- <laughs> I've got a note. Don't worry. Down the bottom, Phil sandwich. We'll get there. <laughs> uh, a Phil sandwich? What could that possibly be? I wait with bated breath. <laughs> what would you put in a Phil sandwich? Well, we'll have to wait until the end of the episode because first, <laughs> before we find out what's on the Phil Harker Smith, uh, we're going to review Season 15, Episode 11, Magical History Tour. First released in December of Ought 4, directed by Michael B. Anderson, written by Brian Kelly. In this episode, it's a bunch of history stories. What did everyone think? Um, <laughs> I remembered it. Same. And I was like, oh... I remember having a good time through this. Um, Same. I feel like it truly is a shit sandwich in that I think the stronger ones are the first and the the third. Mm -hmm. Surely the shit ruins the bread, though. Well, yep. you're overthinking uh, the metaphor. You have a tight quality shit sandwich. Yeah. Really good bread. Yeah, yeah. Got to go to Adelaide okay. for that shit. Mm. <laughs> we were saving Phil's sandwich till the end. Yeah, <laughs> God, you guys. Uh, Suspense. It's a thing. At the risk of overwhelming people with strong opinions, I give a resounding. Yeah. I'm yeah. overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, it was. It had some good gags in places, and I thought some of it was kind of problematic in in tone and execution. Mm. Uh, I particularly mm. don't like dunking on the homeless. I think it's really awful, and they do it more than once. It's only okay if you're playing basketball with them. Oh, yes, that's <laughs> very true. <laughs> and they've had a good meal. Just let no. them win, Sean. Chris, why do you say no, 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 no? Yeah, we dunk with the homeless. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dunk. Yeah, you I get it. it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. That's, that's he what wasn't I was disapproving. I, I was just confused. That's the kind of fucking humor I'm bringing to this episode. <laughs> I was like, what? Is that from like Dodgeball or like a? Is there <laughs> like a movie well, out you, there? Is there some sort of sport where you dunk? Or um, you bring them donuts? That's yeah. nice. It is an unfortunate trope, even in the classic episodes of The Simpsons, that they do find something inherently funny about saying bums and hobos, and it sucks. Yeah, yeah. which you could just say bum about butts, and that is still funny. It's and funny. they do. Yeah. 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 Butts are quite a bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's so, a whole lot of fart jokes. <laughs> yeah. There's an entire fart opera. <laughs> mm. yes. We love that. Yeah. I've seen this one before, which and I, was, <laughs> I remember it, which was surprising to me because I was like, season 15... What? I don't like the idea of that so at Chris, all. We were, Chris, we were about 13, 14 roughly when this came out, when this season was around. Ooh, I don't like to think of time. <laughs> Wait, what's the math? What year? 04, which means I turned 13 that year. I was 18 in this year. Are you 33, Elliot? Correct. Oh. <gasps> You're Jesus age. You're going to die this year. Oh, no. 
Don't say that in the year 2020. <laughs> Do not ever wish that on anyone this year. I swear to fucking God. I am recording live from the crucifixion. That got real. Yeah. I was wondering if you wanted some water or something. But no, if you can just push the little mic closer, you know, I can't reach with my hands yeah, at the moment. Yeah, I know. Use yeah. the spear. I was going to get you some water, but all I had was vinegar. Yeah. So um, yeah. this, this one gets Ooh, released reference. in three days. <laughs> Ooh, biblical reference. Yeah, weirdly Ooh. biblical reference. <laughs> Basketballs and Bibles, that's what I bring to this episode. <laughs> There's not actually an opinion of the episode, though, Chris. There's what? just your I opinion of. It. I remembered it. Oh, yeah. I was, I was a child. That's I kind of um, the best thing you can say about it. Yeah, isn't it just? I feel like that's kind of my opinion for this episode. Okay. It's like, yeah, it's a. It's, it's a, not lost to the same I remember of time. there's it. some memorable mm. stuff yeah there are things that happen in it and I remember them but also I might remember them because of history happening and having a firmer grasp on that than mm. this yeah. episode being particularly memorable well I was gonna say I did the math and I was nine. Jesus when Christ. I watched this uh. so I think this does that make you 12 now Yes. <laughs> That's how math works. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. No, so I feel like I remember this episode because it was actually probably the first exposure I had to the Henry VIII story, Sacagawea. Mm-hmm. And I think I had seen Amadeus by that point. I think we watched it in... Oh, God, no. I would have been too young to watch that in school. Oh, the, the, yeah. the Academy Award winning Amadeus. Yes. I still haven't watched it. I oh, it's very it. good. I it's very good. It. I swear I watched it like three times in high school music just from substitute <laughs> teachers. Yeah, no, same. It's they such always... a substitute music teacher movie. I don't know anything yeah. about music, so this and piece of shit. And it's so historically inaccurate. Like, it's a good film, but it's like, it's not where you want to be learning your musical history from. No. But yeah, it was my first exposure to a lot of those stories. So I think that's why I remember it. And how about you, BT? Did you remember this episode? I certainly recalled it, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, Can't quite do the math because, as you know, I'm a time-traveling robot, so Mm. ages are difficult for me. (laughs) However, I certainly know it existed. Yeah, look, I mean... Taking all the data from the Simpsons Index, like season 15 is what we've sort of recognised as a tipping point where we sort of start to see a big chunk of bad episodes in amongst this. And I don't know, not to get too ahead into the rankings, but yeah, this one's part of that trend, I reckon. Mm. Not entirely bad, but you can see the scales tipping. But, you know, before we get to the ranks, we've got to review the thing. So first of all, when we do our vignettes uh, episode, we just... Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, I know it's hard because there's like a battalion of us doing the episode, but <laughs> could I give my initial thoughts as well, please? No. Absolutely. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, now I have to have thoughts, don't I? Go yes. <laughs> well, no, it's actually, the, the main thing that I'll say is that I realised when we were going through Disney Plus is that this is actually a season I remember well because this is when I briefly got back on the Simpsons train. So a lot of this season I actually remember like quite well and I thought I was going to thoroughly enjoy this but my main takeaway was something that Phil and I uh, were talking about as we came away from the episode which is I don't know how much of this is the Simpsons dunking on it fairly because it's them taking history and making satire out of it or how much Mm. is it just them being shitty new simpsons and just actually just making shitty jokes Mm. because i can't remember yeah a lot of the the details all the details of the story like mozart especially because i sat there for like a minute going were mozart and salieri brother and sister no (laughs) (laughs) were they no did the emperor really fall asleep during uh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd be questioning my knowledge quite the a bit. The fact they yeah. don't have the last name should really tip you off there. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, everyone keeps calling Bart Mozart, so mm. everyone just seems to be on a last name basis anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Parents. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. I yeah. yield. I yield the floor. <laughs> you yield it. I yield my time. Fuck you. <laughs> Sorry, that's an oddly specific reference. I got yeah. it. I love it. Thanks, Matt. But you didn't get dunking. <laughs> yeah. You know my brand. It's weirdly political. We all no have spots. Our, we all have our blind spots. Anyway, sorry to take over your podcast, Elliot. Uh, proceed. No worries, and we'll have more Sean thoughts after this. Mm. Um, it's, sorry, did you... No, I was just saying I'm still working on what the name of like a homeless person basketball movie would be called, and I, I don't have anything yet. <laughs> Nothing politically correct. No, I know. That's <laughs> not part of the problem. Christ. If it was baseball, it'd be homeless base, but that's not the sport we're in. So uh, I'll get back to you. <laughs> Keep digging, Chris, buddy. <laughs> Chris, is, I can literally like you know the, the meme bench. of the woman and the math, the mathematical oh, yeah, yeah, equations. Yeah. That's what Chris's face is right now. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a joy to behold. It's I'll, there I'll keep somewhere. I know. I'll yeah. You'll have it like yeah. twenty minutes into this episode. <laughs> Don't eat the crab dip. You yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so first of all, on our vignette special, we like to first of all talk about the wraparound. So all the scenes that were happening between the stories, and I think we can peel this bandaid off very quickly. They were so blatantly setting up the story and just done in such a hacky. I know a thing about this thing. It all started when yeah, yeah but it was completely serviceable. I mean, it's very bare bones but that's all you need you just okay this is what we're doing into it the one thing i did like the one positive takeaway that i liked about the structure of how they're setting up the stories is just the one instance where marge just it's a very mother thing where she tries to make something really uncool sound cool. really yeah. cool like how mm. she brought Bart in with mozart i'm like yeah you might even say that jesus is the tupac of his time <laughs> <laughs> i didn't mind the framing device because I feel like Marge doesn't get very much attention ever. No. So to have like a time when her children and Millhouse are like have to be wrapped and pay attention to her is like mm-hmm. it's not a bad framing device. And especially like how inaccurate these things are, like sometimes they manage it being so inaccurate because of Marge's lack of resources to education. And also she's just remembering it off the top of her head and probably just reciting the plot from the movie Amadeus. Or just punching it up to entertain her children. Yeah, I wish they had leaned into that more where it's like more drunk history than it is. (laughs) Marge's drunk history would be a good show. (laughs) It would be nice to like dip out of the vignettes to be like, oh, actually that totally isn't true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. have to like correct it and and then have sort of like an interplay between what's really happening and the historical vignettes mm. and like have it shift and change. A bit that more of a meta structure. Yeah, that'd yeah. be interesting. I don't know if if it's some joke about like American libraries are really badly underfunded or in trouble Probably. or something. Yeah, but like they, they desperately are. Okay, right, because it's like mm-hmm. libraries they have They're books, good. guys. Yeah. Not, they, 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 not they in America. Should, okay, not in America. They have no mm. books at all. They always have that weird smell. Which is also very comforting to me. Do you guys mm. feel that when you walk into a library yeah, and that there's smell like smell is nerds. Mm. Oh, where are they? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a blood to a shark. I just mm. I can't get enough of it. I thought the Yu-Gi- yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh pricing guides joke was a pretty good joke. Oh, I, I love that. it so much. As a yeah. as a wild Yu-Gi-Oh card aficionado <laughs> back in the day. Aficionado. I oh man, my card man was Lesser Fiend. Lesser Fiend had twenty one hundred hit points, oh and I oh fucking slayed. My no! blue, hell yeah, my blue eyed dragon. Uh, that's a uh, blue eyes white dragon. Thank yeah, you very you much. Fucking nerd. <laughs> you activated his trap card. <laughs> like a shark to blood. <laughs> 
just start biting him. The end of this podcast is <laughs> the sound of Ellen just beating people. Yeah. Yeah. That's Patreon only content. Thank you very much. <laughs> Fuck that. That's our OnlyFans. <laughs> so I figured out something about this homeless person basketball thing. Something oh, yeah. about Alley Oop. Like something Ooh, about Ali. Oh, yeah. Like, but I'm not oh. sure. Oh. Right? Something there. In That's the why Chris has been quiet for five minutes. <laughs> yeah, I've been thinking. <laughs> He's just had his hands like crossed under his chin. Is my eyes thought. fluttering? Yeah. Is it back alley oop? <laughs> yeah. There, oh. it is. <laughs> there it is. Back alley oop. Oh. Paramount. <laughs> I mean, the rest writes itself. Once you got a title, they're a struggling right. small town basketball team until they meet. Wait, a Whoopi homeless Goldberg? guy. Record scratch. Uh, Played by well, Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah, guys, <laughs> both both the Simpsons Index and Shut Up and Take My Podcast are coming to an end. Let's fund this baby. Yeah, <laughs> We're yeah. switching. Tracks. The tagline is something like they're, they're, they're traveling to a new. I don't know, social class or something like that. <laughs> Do you leave the I don't know in the tagline? Yeah. Um, well, that's all I have to say about the wraparound. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's a bit contrived. It works. It yeah. does the job. I, I agree with Phil, though, that I wish that... Because I remember especially during the Sacagawea and the Mozart one being like, I know this is all terribly, terribly wrong. And mm-hmm. I remember Lisa commenting on it, but she only does it in the Mozart one. And right at the end... Yeah. Whereas it's just like, you know, if this is people's first introductions to certain areas of history, mm. it's much funnier if you do get the historical kind of illusions yeah. and what Do the writers have a duty to get it right? Well, no, I think but I do don't. think it's funnier if you know. Right. And if yeah. you point to it in the right way, to go like historical story, historical story, movie, that's pretty funny. But you, can, you need to point at it a little bit more. Yeah, because yeah. I don't think if you didn't know about those things... Well, I didn't know about nest- Sacagawea. Oh, didn't you, know, you? And now I feel like I still don't know about oh, no. Sacagawea. Well, the good <laughs> like, thing I don't is, trust anything I learned. The good thing is you don't, still. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, you can learn that like Lewis and Clark were rubbish Fucking navigators. inefficient yes. but and that's super gay. About it. Like, from the surface level, they're all fairly true. Yeah, Mozart was a rock and roll kind of star. Like yeah. He was a massive public figure Sacagawea was the reason why Lewis and Clark were able to cross the continent yeah. and Henry VIII did kill a people women for yes. you know for, for a baby for man baby yeah uh, man baby is not how I should have named man phrased that. <laughs> perhaps a baby with a beard Penis? Oh, um, shit. Maybe the better ending for this whole thing would have been like them all getting bad marks on their history assignments because of the factual inaccuracies and stuff. Mm. Rather than fucking Homer singing Animal House. Yeah. 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 Ellie, I had a question for you. Did you deliberately choose this episode as a, yet another Futurama tie-in for us? Uh, no. It was just I looked at the ones we had left and I was like, that one. The fucking, the fucking writer is Brian Kelly. He did uh, mm-hmm. Love's Latest oh, Lost in Space, yeah. the fourth ah. episode of Futurama. Mm-hmm. That's the first time we ever see uh, Zap Brannigan. It's the fourth episode of the first season. Oh, yeah. Mm. One of my favorite episodes. Excellent episode, yeah. Champagne. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you know, happy coincidence. Mm-hmm. Aww. Yeah. Mind you, they do share a lot of writers, so it's, Shut that's Shut up. Very true. They were flattered. And take my <laughs> podcast. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, yeah, the first segment, let's hook into it. Henry VIII, which starts out with Homer singing Henry VIII, I am. Or maybe not. I don't, I'm not actually familiar with the song. I know the song title. He's embellishing. Neither. Mm. That a real song? <laughs> I mean, I know British mm. history. Uh, and I've never Henry VIII, I am. It's like uh, the song that never ends. It just loops around and around. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. That, that one passed yeah. me by, apparently. I'm Henry VIII, I am. Henry VIII, I am, I am. I got married to the 
widow next door. She's been married seven times before, and everyone was in Henry. Henry! She wouldn't have a willy nor a son. I'm a right old man, I'm Henry. Henry the eighth, I am. Second verse, same as the first. I'm there are some, a lot of really good gags. In, like for me, I think the Henry VIII one is the strongest, mainly because its parallels in real life, in real history, are that fucking mm-hmm. absurd. Oh, so yeah. it, it does really make it rife for comedy where you're like, yeah, a man so obsessed with finding a male heir just kept executing his way through and inventing women. inventing a church. Inventing, <laughs> a, like taking liberties, but that conversation happened where he was like, it's, fuck it's, you, Catholicism, I'll make my own church with hookers and blackjack. <laughs> it's it definitely the one that leads into the darkness of its subject matter the most, yeah. I think. Like and it, I think it embraces that. I think more. it benefits the most. And yeah. for me, it's the best one. I yeah. think the casting works in this one. I think Home yeah. is a natural fit for Henry VIII, and that sort of kicks you off on the right foot by having that casting. You're like, oh yeah, this fits, this works. He's a glutton. That that makes sense, and yeah. and so you you're kind of like guided in by that. And He's then even still got his uh, bear slippers. I quite liked. I only mm. noticed on this watch. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like they're stylized slightly differently, but they're still his bear slippers. Yeah, it's great. But it doesn't seem to sort of go off the historical rails until like he starts marrying Otto and, and like twenty different people. It seems to sort of stay roughly in the right field until then. Speaking of casting, I would have liked had the women been more established Simpsons characters. So, like, maybe Edna Krabappel being one of the wives. Uh, Just to that real quick. The second one, Jane Seymour, I think it is. Historically, there's not a lot known about her, so I kind of like the idea they cast as a very unknown character. Well, Lindsay Lindsay Nagel, she's not not unknown. Like, she's definitely... Wasn't it? No, that was the annoying voice one. Who got... Oh, that's the mayor's side piece. That's yeah. the mayor's mistress. I know oh. that, but oh, do you okay. know her name? No. Yes. This is just the mayor's side piece. Tappy, yeah. tappy, tappy, simpsons.fandom.com. second wife. Jeez. All right, fair play, fair play. <laughs> what are the major characters? Because they is. I'm struggling. Luann Van Outen. Yeah, Menchel. Uh, yeah, that would have been good, yeah. yeah. Ned's Maud. Maud would have been a good nod. Who's super fertile? <laughs> Ed, Edna Krabappel. Uh, <laughs> fucking Manjula, come on. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, Manjula. She's so we fertile. We rank the 10 most fertile Simpsons characters. <laughs> Jesus. Totes we really got to get that it's a new list. audience. So use the word female. Femoid. Femoid. In theory, in theory Brandine is very fertile. Mm-hmm. In theory. We don't know if all the Laureline. Laureline Lumpkin. I do love, there's a lot of good quotes from that one. Like, Thank you for steering us back to Ellen. <laughs> yeah, grow a penis or get lost and I also love that Lisa actually <laughs> tries oh yeah, yeah. Like, that's such a kid thing it's like well okay <laughs> it'll make you love me more sure <laughs> and Amberlynn's card her business card which I know Sean looked to me and said oh you've you've t- written it you've down written, okay, I'm not yeah. <laughs> it says Amberlynn a son will come out tomorrow I there's also the one that I think Ellen is definitely going to learn later in life which is um, actresses uh, will always have a role to play when they <laughs> reach a certain age oh when age. they reach a certain age I'm not English though so uh, you can fake it but then so pretend. did Margot Robbie play Liz yeah you're basically Margot I'm Robbie basically Margot Robbie I mean actually never seen them in the same room together if mm. you've seen Birds so of Pray, you all know that I'm a crazy, freaky deep clown with roller skates. I was going to say you were Ewan McGregor, but sure. We're now learning it from all the beatings that are going on. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, I've got my big fucking mallet out and I'm just roller skating into nerds and beating them up. We're an entire state away, but I'm scared. (laughs) 
you should be. I, quite I can be the, there in four hours. The womanly dirt line. I thought womanly, was, yeah, was plant your seed into womanly dirt. Yeah, I really liked that. It was gross and fun. Her womb is full <laughs> of sea serpents. And that as well. That was the other one that I really uh, enjoyed. Is he in every single sketch? Dr. Nick? I, no, I don't think he's in Sacagawea. Uh, no. The second no, one, no, but okay. it's no. my favorite. It's my favorite sandwich joke, which is just how fucking shit were doctors back then? Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> you'll be all right tomorrow or you'll be dead. Either way, we'll know. <laughs> I mean, it's not, un- not untrue. It's not untrue. <laughs> Who was talking about syphilis before? Everyone. Me. Yeah. It wasn't syphilis, but mm. it was looking for treatments for gonorrhea. And mm. this fucking guy... It was his theory that it was basically just unclean genitalia. And so his test was to inject his foreskin with just like urine. Jesus Christ. And he was like, well, Mm -hmm. this hurts a lot. So (laughs) therefore, it must be being unclean that gives you... The gonorrheas. It's weeing on your own dick. Um, yeah. I don't know. If, I know this is not the part of the story to be focusing on. Sorry. But was it his own urine or was it other people's urine? I didn't check. <laughs> okay. Anyway, back to the episode. From his laboratory oh, yeah. rats. The <laughs> I, th- I think from those quotes, it's clear to me that I think this is the strongest one mm. because it goes a bit far in places and it goes mm. dark. You mm. know, there's a ton of beheading jokes. Yep. They make a running I mean, joke out of... Be. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> your head lives five seconds after you're beheaded, so I left a magazine in there. That's yeah. pretty good. It's like yeah. there's lots of morbid jokes and just like the womanly dirt joke where they just push things a bit bit further yeah, yeah. and you're like, oh, oh, being ooh. canonized. You know what it is? Yeah. It's peak Simpsons absurdism that isn't just strictly random. Mm. Like yeah. it's references with a reason. They're actually taking their subject matter and yeah. doing something with it. And it works because especially with the distance of time to us, the medieval ages seem so absurd and bizarre that they're really mm-hmm. rife for comedic interpretations. They're ripe for parody. <laughs> no, yes. that's right. Just that's like your womb. <laughs> you leave my womb out of it. Ripe for sea serpents, <laughs> more like it. Um, <laughs> but this is actually something that Jack brought up in the previous episode that it's kind of weird when they do these non-treehouse vignette episodes and they still have a lot of like morbid and bloodshed and a lot of darkness mm-hmm. to them. I don't think this could exactly work in a treehouse of horror, but no. maybe it could. Like, no, I mean, it is. It's what happened. Like, <laughs> yeah. unfortunate it is. That's pretty horrifying. Like you always say, man, mm-hmm. history's they, an awful place to be. I never live in history. <laughs> Thank God we live in the present. Mm. They do Hamlet for treehouse of horror, don't they? Or is that another? That's uh, another vignette. Oh God, no, 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 that no. Is, no, 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 that is a treehouse. Is it? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hey, glad yeah. that none of us. I know. mean, Hamlet's a ghost story. It's not a historical account. No, what? but it, what, yeah. do you mean, what do you mean? Ooh. Hamlet's fiction? <laughs> you're, fuck, you're fucking with me. <laughs> From the documentarian, William yeah, Shakespeare. Yeah, I'm fucking with you. It's history. You had to write documentaries down back then. It was hard. Yes. <laughs> you tell me that ghosts aren't real. <laughs> Yo, Banquo. I actually imagine this Yo, being. A, I imagine Ooh. this being a early. Elliot was wrong. What happened? Elliot was wrong. Ooh. Tales from the public domain, not a treehouse episode. Oh, okay. That's I'm thinking of a different one then. Yeah, no, I know. That's a beaten, care. Elliot. That's a beaten. <laughs> <laughs> they did another Shakespeare one where Marge gets Homer to keep killing people so that he gets the lead role in. Macbeth. Ah, oh, there we go. You can't say it, you guys. Oh, I, I like playing with fire. Elliot, you have to call BT Daddy now. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's my podcast gimp. <laughs> God, this got weird. <laughs> that reminds me, there was uh, someone shared a Reddit thing around it was a guy who was like a dom in a polyamorous relationship with two subs. And they all took an IQ twist and the subs found out they were smarter than him and it really <laughs> fucked with their dynamic. Yes. Oh my God. Good advice for all doms out there. Don't let your subs off the leash. Baby Beard is not uh, responsible for any uh, statements said by Chris Bond. <laughs> <laughs> I should just go around handing that disclaimer out, really, Fucking shouldn't yeah. I? Just put it on your business card. Yep. <laughs> I was just going to say, like, overall, what I know this is like kind of jumping around, but what did you guys think of it? Because I know we've talked a lot about what we've liked. What did you guys particularly enjoy? Well, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, if anyone has any other notes, because I'm pretty ready to move on. Like, there was an itchy and scratchy right. bit that I thought was really nothing. Um, I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I liked the idea of the puppets. I mean, it wasn't laugh at. I was a, <laughs> oh, how droll mm. <laughs> kind of moment. Yeah. But uh, as you know, I'm a classy individual, you fucker. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about you, Mr. Class? Uh, what, did you have any other notes from this segment? I think a celebrate Italian weirdo knows more about marriage than you do. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, true. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I do like Agnes Skinner's lines of, well, don't just stand there, bury me. <laughs> That's my uh, energy. Yeah, yeah, I want that yeah. on my tombstone. That is, that is 2020 energy. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh my God, I'm 95. You could use butter knife. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Also her raw sexual energy where it's just mm. like, also Henry VIII being like, why did I even marry? <laughs> my track record. <laughs> yeah. Hop aboard the kingmaker. Also, I weirdly realized that that was the age that Stanley was when he died. So maybe he had that same energy when he went out. I feel like he radiates a lot of horny energy. Don't just stand there. I mean, bury you, me. Oh. Have you seen that photo of him reclined on the couch? Mm. <laughs> I will now. Uh, how about you guys? Who's got any my more notes? My last note is the uh, prince under construction. I thought that yeah. was pretty yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, my last one is Henry VIII wiping his mouth with uh, the Magna Carta. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was good. <laughs> that was a very good joke. Yeah. I liked that. And my last one is uh, get out of my dreams and into my wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did appreciate that pun. I did find one more. I eat and I eat and I eat and I never get fitter. <laughs> mm, a true dilemma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm learning that. Coming uh, and there was 30. an o- okay sight gag with Homer reading The Yorker, but I think I zoomed in on it a little too much. I mm. wish... Mm. They kind of let you find it. Yeah. 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 All right. If nah. you were to rank this segment and just this segment alone, what would you give it, BT? Well, first I'd like to say that we've learned a lot today, but if you'd like to learn about more about Henry VIII, I recommend a channel called Oversimplified. It does a very good two-parter. Available now yeah. at your local YouTube. This segment alone, uh, it's probably getting my most positive. Uh, Brilva. I hadn't thought this far ahead. I know what I want to rank the entire episode, this Brilva? individual Brilva. segment. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> we can uh, split ranks in the individual parts because they don't mean anything. That's what? not how I do, man. <laughs> Nothing means anything. The points are made up and they don't matter. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Oh, who's line wreck? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bronze, but it's a nice bronze. It's Ellen? a bronze you'd bring home to mother. Burnished bronze. Oh, uh, did you just call me out? Yep. <laughs> oh, Rank it now. Go. Uh, shit. Follow your heart. I'm going to go with gold. Wow. Yeah, I think this segment is probably the strongest. Like, the pacing is pretty good. The historical illusions, you kind of have a sense where they're exaggerating and where they're just being true to the story. And I think it's pretty fucking funny. Phil? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to split the diff. I'm going to give it a silver uh, for similar reasons, but uh, it didn't quite tickle me as much. Do like I'm the easily gags. tickled. I do like the redesigns of the characters. I think that's really nice, but... I still think it's a bit problematic and you're sort of not really sure where they're drawing the line. Mm. Yeah. How about you, Sean? 
oh, I'm going to split the difference and go for a Gilver. No. Don't. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to go for a Silver. Uh, like, I think it's good. Um, I think... Henry VIII is problematic anyway, so I feel like mm. they lean into it the right yeah. amount. But just based on where I think I'm going to put the rest of the segments, I think silver's the correct place to go. See you, guy. And Chris? Probably a bronze. Uh, I was leaning towards participant, but then I was like, no, I will. Participant. Oh, there you go. <laughs> you talk yourself you, down. You, you're leaning and then you fell. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's how leaning works. All right. Well, please pick him up for the next segment. And yeah, I'm going like a bronze shiny-ish, but yeah, uh, there were some good jokes. It's and qualifications. It's, <laughs> it's one of these ones where I think I actually liked it more now that we've talked about it. It's like, oh yeah, there were a good handful of gags, but mm-hmm. I think maybe mm. the epi- the rest of the episode brought me down on the overall impressions, but we'll get to that. Right now. So next up is the story of Lewis and Clark and Weedleburger and Sacagawea. Yep. And Sac- Carl. Mm, and, and Carl. <laughs> How the fuck do you spell Sacagawea? I looked it up. It's with a C, yeah. There's a two it- in there somewhere too. Fucking hell. <laughs> do, do you want me to spell it out or? <laughs> this, this segment just gave me the whole lot of cringe. The heebie-jeebies. Yeah. Just like mm. a... Ooh. This I, is problematic. I did not care for it. I made a sum total of all. three notes and then I stopped. <laughs> what are um, they? Are? Oh, oh no. Uh, so Ooh. my three notes are, I'll read them verbatim. Third president, because I was curious about who that was. Yep. Who is it? I have no idea. I didn't bother looking out. <laughs> um, not that curious. Jefferson. Uh, Come on, Jefferson. You know that, man. It was Jefferson? Yeah, just, yeah. yeah you know yeah. that. Oh, well, you've, was. How many times? I've seen Hamilton. How many times have you seen Hamilton, Elliot? <laughs> I don't God. pay attention to lyrics. God George Washington, damn. John Adams, and Jefferson. He yeah. invented yeah. the swivel chair. <laughs> he invented yeah. the swivel chair? He did. He invented the swivel chair. To make dramatic, to make yeah. dramatic um, uh, greetings. Uh, <laughs> he invented to turn the swivel around chair. and go, I suppose you wonder why I've called you all. I suppose you're wondering why I'm the third president. The other two are... Arrow gun cocking. That was just my favorite. Yeah, that little... was very good. Yeah. I loved love it. a good folly uh, gag. Oh, and I wrote, "Those are salmon." Yep. Which I assume was a reference to them. Let's fucking get some salmon. mermaid tail. Yeah. Yeah. And she I says, know. "I told you once again, those are salmon." And it made me think of Lenny and Carl fucking salmon, and I can't unthink that. So mm. yeah. yeah. Can I tell you my note that I wrote for this? Yeah. It's literally Sacagawea. I just wrote how to spell it. <laughs> that was that was the one note I made during this segment. I was pretty thoroughly unimpressed. Would you want to, because you wrote it down, do you want to tell us? Well, I wrote it down in my notes wrong. Oh. <laughs> I just, it's um, S-A-C-A-G-A-W-E-A. Sacagawea. It's a long tradition of getting history wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I just like, I just don't think this is a, an area where particularly the writers for The Simpsons should play around in because they clearly... I guess they probably know more than we do, but it's just dealt with so, so, so poorly. Well, the second I saw the Simpsons as Native Americans, I immediately was like, ooh, mm. like I know you have to use... I, get, I don't mm. know. I just, immediately I was like, oh, okay, strap in. Yeah, but yeah. also just like mm. the way everything's handled, mm. like not as egregious because it is a comedy and they're trying to play with the sense that this kind of history is taught poorly in American mm. society because, of course, like, they're the bad guys. Yeah. But it's, like, on Pocahontas levels with, like, this was a young woman who was very sure of herself and whatever and horribly, horribly mistreated by history and also mm. just at the time, you know, that she was, like, sold to this Quebec fur trapper and that it's a joke. I'm like, I don't 
fucking gel with this. So, yeah, well, that's that, me. Even that they do that joke at the end where he calls her Pocahontas, just, it leads it, it's just, it sucks. It's yeah, sucks. and Pocahontas yeah. wasn't her name. Like, yeah. it's just, uh, it's, it, yeah. It, and they, they make taste. a cheap joke out of like, oh, her name means know-it-all who won't shut mm. up. And it's just like, Please stop. Yeah. Please end this section. Yeah, the yeah. treatment like of Indigenous First Nations people all over the world is a fucking travesty. And it's yeah. really painful to see it made into cheap gags. I, and it's true. I have that, one note. Yeah. Lewis and Clark really were shit, weren't they? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. They were terrible. They were terrible. I think if that's the takeaway, great. But unfortunately, it's not framed around them. No. It's framed around Shaka- Sacagawea. 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 Yeah. But, and, um, and she's right where she's like, if it hadn't been for me, you guys would have died several, several, several times over. There's a really mm-hmm. good epic rap battles of history about Lewis and Clark. <laughs> and that's the whole punchline of their bit yes. is that Lewis and Clark were shit. Yeah, they was... didn't discover shit. Yeah. And uh, they were helped and yeah. they yeah. didn't do anything by themselves. That's a good way of approaching that subject matter. You yeah. can't frame it around the protagonist and then make them the butt of the joke if you're trying to lift up their story. Yeah. Just in terms of history, because Phil mentioned, you know, how we forget history. My mm. favourite thing is going onto the Sacagawea wiki and seeing that it places her her year of death at either age 24 or 92. Oh. <laughs> Who can uh, tell? Uh, I haven't looked further, but that's a wide gap. It's a pretty, pretty big gap. Fuck? Yeah. How? Uh, how much She's time do lost you have? Oh, yeah, 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 I guess. That's... Oversimplified and uh, epic rap battles. I can't wait to hear the YouTube recommendation for uh, the Mozart story. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get there, um, I think this one's actually, we've pretty well covered it. There's just, it's such a nothing segment, easily the weakest for me. Um, mm-hmm. I did like the joke about her going, that's poisonous, that's poisonous. Your belt is a snake and also poisonous. <laughs> and yes. also poisonous. But it should um, be venomous. I wrote that's down true. the same that's very note, true. Yeah. but I'm like, comedy threes, fair enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know, that, I thing, know. that annoys me too, by the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's all my notes. Does anyone else have some notes? I have a fun little tidbit. Sorry, yeah, the salmon thing. Oh, God, um, back to this. Yeah, no, no. Sacagawea, the place where she was born. The name derives from that's where salmon kind of like do the, the jumping. Oh, the place where salmon leap or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Oh. So it, it makes sense that she would know that the mermaids, they're trying to fuck uh, salmon. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they're doing. They're leaping. They're trying to get out of the water and away from uh, those horny Lewis and Clark. Yeah. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. I mean, you go through life, you do 183 podcasts, you never think you're going to talk this much about salmon fucking, and yet... Yet here, here we are. <laughs> How often it comes up. <laughs> no, I, I, don't, I don't have any other notes. I'm, I'm no. fresh out. The coin mm. bit at the end was kind of sad oh, yeah. and funny. But I feel like it's meant to be that kind of, yeah. Yes. I feel like that's the one tonal joke they got to be yeah, right. I feel like they're right. trying to let themselves off the hook. A little bit. By saying that, yeah, they don't tribute was not paid properly to her historical contributions. I feel like they're still just letting themselves off the hook. I think oh, like, yeah. without everything else, I think it would have floated a lot better. But yeah. with everything else, it kind of sinks. But if you were to rank this segment and this segment alone, what would you give it, PT? Ah, uh, participant. It just washes over. I like watching Lenny and Carl do things in most cases, but it's just I have very little to say about it, as you probably would have noted from my saying very little. Mm, have your few notes. Uh, how about you, Sean? Mr. Few Notes himself. Yeah, I can't give it a failure just because I think that's reserved for some really awful episodes. So I'm going participant for it. I've said all I need to say about it. Mm. Chris? Failure. Failure. <laughs> <laughs> I the... have nothing else to give it. Yeah. Yeah. Failure. yeah. Uh, how about you, Phil? It's a DNF for me. Did not finish. Total failure for me, too. <laughs> mm. DNF. I like that DNF, one. Yeah. How about you, Ellen? Put him in a body bag. 
yeah, failure. I just think like no gags really made me laugh. The coin thing was kind of like a good examination of how fucked American history is and how it is taught mm-hmm. to people like Marge. But um, yeah, just the total mishandling of what subject matter this is. It's just like, nah, stay out of it. Anything that was good is now tarnished by what you've done, essentially. No, you, you, you've you've uh, talked me down. Game over, man. Game, Game over. over. Failure. Yeah. I like all those sound effects yeah, that are they, coming with failure now. They all have the sound <laughs> button for like, each individual one. <laughs> and yeah, I'm failing it as well. A few kind of good gags can't save this one. It's a piece of shit. And yep. finally, the Mozart and Salieri story is told with Bart and Lisa. Our final vignette. What do we think, y'all? I just get yeah. so annoyed that, that everyone calls him Mozart. His parents call him Mozart. <laughs> They're called Mozart too. Mozart's I mean, the family name. Why don't they call him Amadei? Oh, my God. Are you mad about well, Harker Smith, I'll tell you why. <laughs> are you mad about people calling Caesar Caesar? Yes. That means king. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not mad about that. <laughs> That's a salad, Ellen. <laughs> God's sake. Ellen, you're confusing kings and salads again. Last name Caesar, last name salad. salad. (laughs) This is just a whole Bill and Ted of us trying to desperately recall history and not fucking knowing anything. I really hope that they sold death masks of people for profit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they did. They did. Yeah. Great. Good. Where can I get one? Um, do you, <laughs> not you know, anymore. Aww. I can make you one. Just give me some plaster of Paris and a dead person. <laughs> I was going to say, I'll give I volunteer. And, and die. It's yeah. not hard. <laughs> this one overall had, is an improvement on the one before. It has better gags. There's some funny sight gags, like mm-hmm. Bart playing the pi- picking up the whole piano and playing it with his teeth. Like, yep. mm. yeah. I like, I like Bart's hair in this. Mm-hmm. I liked his hair oh, too. It reminds yeah. me of um, down. Uh, Hugo, his, uh, his yeah, evil yeah. twin brother. It's Hugo's oh, hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Fops and Dandies, the keys of Fops yeah. and Dandies. Yeah. Yeah. That was a really yeah. good gag. Yeah. Oh, all that fopping stuff just made my eyes roll. Just all oh, those really? people just going, ew, ew, ew. That's what they were like. But that's what hedonism bodies, and we love that. Ah. <laughs> we do too. It's like the one joke that we can all get behind. <laughs> I like the use of Rainier Wolf Castle. Yeah, that is yeah. the only... The notes. The, the, notes. the notes. Yeah, that is the only Austrian character. Oh, like... yeah. Papa, can I have a bratwurst? Yes. <laughs> oh, don't be shy. Eat the little boy. Yeah, that was my whole... last note yeah, as well. Yeah, the whole leeches. That don't is... be shy. Eat the little boy. <laughs> and his diagnosis that he's got too much blood is... Um... Yeah. Oh, I love horrible history doctors. Mm. Oh, they're the fucking worst. <laughs> I thought... Oh, plague rat. Now, hear me out. Hear me out. <laughs> Sally Airy as a uh, potential drag name. Oh, yeah. So... <laughs> okay. What do we think? You're doing dances to like uh, classical music set to Fuck a yeah, bit of a you're getting crunk. Beat. Yeah, you're getting yeah. crunk to that. I don't get it. <laughs> I've got another one for you. Yes. Beethoven. Beethoven. That I get. I'm gonna get behind. What about plague rat? <laughs> <laughs> plague rat. <laughs> Oh dear! Uh, again, I think anyway. this is just a missed opportunity to actually explore the history of it and and like what things he actually composed yeah. and like what influence he had. Like they don't have to like give a history lesson, but just 
just tie it into the reality a little bit more. Well, in a way that they did with the Henry VIII one. Yeah. Like it yeah. just feels a little bit more grounded in the satire properly. Well, That's right. Well, when I was waiting for that correction from Lisa, which I knew was coming at the end, that mm. Salieri was a respected composer and blah, blah, blah. Mozart wasn't just an ineffectual, like, you know, it didn't just come to him. He worked incredibly hard on his music. He um, didn't write about farts. That we know. Of. Uh, yeah. None yeah, of us did, speak boy. German. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, is it Mozart that has licked my lick my ass nice and clean? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> See, it's, How did yeah, yeah. He oh, it's went to the okay, same yeah. music school as me. How did you not learn this? I feel mm-hmm. like you learnt that from Cracked.com in the mid two thousands. <laughs> I mean, also possible. Let me uh, look it up. I swore it was mentioned in Lisa's correction that Mozart had a sister, Maria who was also a composer and performed when Mozart's father was kind of touring them all around Austria. But no, it wasn't mentioned. And I'm like, that would have been... Like, I know that the point is that Marge is just riffing directly off the plot of Amadeus. The movie, yeah. Which yeah. is, you know, a lot more dramatic. But I'm like, but you have a brother and sister right there and you have the frustration that one of them will just be disregarded by history as a mm-hmm. great composer and good musician because she's a, a woman in her time and overshadowed by her brother. Like, uh, I thought that would have been just a better parallel. Leads me to a question. Simpsons episodes sometimes are like, they're about stuff, right? They, they have something mm. to what? say. What? No? Yeah. You know, yeah. They tackle a topic sometimes. <laughs> sometimes they-, they are and sometimes they're just a bunch of stuff that happened. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this could have coalesced into a statement on... Gender and... Well, no, about how, uh, more broadly about history, how history is taught and mm. how the most how salacious... remembered. Yeah. Oh, my God, this, and... I, I've got a YouTube video to recommend for this. Um, Go. Uh, uh, on Adam Neely's channel very recently, he made a, a really good argument for how the teaching of classical music is actually pretty racist when you look at it. And mm. there are plenty of uh, composers that uh, were not white cis hat men just get overlooked because you know the people teaching the uh, history were also racist yeah well, just absolutely. The, whole, the whole contribution of the islamic world to academia is mm. like just totally glossed math. over algebra do you know math everybody <laughs> <laughs> oh music arabic numerals well. yeah you know fucking white people didn't invent that shit <laughs> uh, and i feel yeah i feel like it's a missed opportunity for this episode to be about something mm. and to have a core to it. And this kind of marked that I think what you're saying about You've got the, a that parallel missed op- right there. That missed opportunity yeah. right there is emblematic of the whole episode too. Mm. I mean, you could have all that and also compare it with Bart playing a piano with his butt. Sure, why not? Speaking of butts, segue, uh, Lechmein im Arsch is a uh, canon in B flat major composed by Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. Thank Wait, you. so this is actually. This wow. is a bit. He actually did. That's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Fucking test. Yeah. Mozart was very famous for loving scatological humor. He used yeah, to write yeah, in yeah. a lot of letters. He's written two songs. Lick Me in the Ass is yep. one of the songs. I mean, German, and uh, Lick My Ass Right Well and Clean, another. Um, <laughs> it's he... really just a riff off the first song, isn't <laughs> <Yeah>. it? <laughs> well, you know, sequel, you give them more of what they want, you know. Uh, <laughs> it was really successful, so he continued. <laughs> one of the rhyming verses he wrote, Well, I wish you good night, but first shit in your bed and make it burst. <laughs> Sleep soundly, my love, into your mouth, your ass, you'll shove. Oh, my. What, what a banger. Salacious. <laughs> Amadeus, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Also, like, those composers had fucking crazy ego. I mean, we were just talking about some of our favourite classical or romantic composers and like my whole thing is I love Franz Liszt because of the mm-hmm. fucking ego on the man to be like I'm going to turn my 
piano so I can perform in profile so these bitches can see my beautiful ass nose yep. and know I'm down to fuck. Also, l- nice. lick my ass is closer in English to kiss, by the by. Uh, oh. mm. yeah. I like lick. I don't really like kiss. I mean, not that makeup. What are they hiding? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm disappointed in me too, but don't worry. <laughs> <sighs> Very good. Does Very anyone good. have any more notes about this segment? All right, I have some more truisms. Uh, lead-based face powder was a thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. A lot of people died yeah. from it. Mm. And when the emperor first heard Beethoven's music declaring all other music obsolete also happened. Oh, mm. it's, it's uh, why the original Tin Man didn't end up in The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> what? Yeah, oh, lead. Paint. Yeah, that's so right. Lead uh, paint, which, yeah, yeah. But his, you can still hear his singing voice. Huh. A lot of people got fucked up on that movie. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah, like um, the... Um, Margaret Wicked Hamilton Witch. did. She yeah, got Wicked burned. Witch. Yeah. yeah when, she went, when she went down the first time in the oh, fiery yeah. flame. Oh, yep. Jesus. That fucked up uh, pretty good. That was some I spicy liked, water. <laughs> <laughs> I liked Otto requesting mm. Sonata 8. I can't yeah. remember which movement. <laughs> very specific third, third movement. movement. Third movement. Yeah, third movement. That I wasn't going to mention this, but the naming convention of using the letter K hadn't been instituted yet when Mozart was <laughs> around. So, yeah. <laughs> ah, a wizard did um, it. Wizard actually, did. who has more notes? Sean, you got one? You got a note? Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> All I have was um, dexterous butt. Ah. Mm. I enjoyed Bart's dexterous butt. He walked so Nicki Minaj could run. <laughs> <laughs> I surprisingly enjoyed the opera and the singing and the music was, was quite nice. Actually. Yeah. It was quite well performed. I just, I didn't want you to die. I just wanted to destroy your, your uh, uh, talent and career. Yeah. Yep. I feel like mm. it's a very relatable feeling where you're like, <laughs> I don't want anything bad to happen to you. I just want your career to go down in the fucking toilet so I can finally succeed. Thank God we don't work in the same industry. Thank, oh, wait. Thank, oh, wait. Thank, we're so that's, that's how we feel about the Simpsons Index. <laughs> yeah, we're just waiting for you guys to go down the shitter. <laughs> then our Futurama podcast will be king. Yeah. Thank God, I'm then, safely tethered to this wall. Yeah, and then also, ha 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 ha. I that mm. gave me a good giggle. Yeah, yeah. not yeah. bad. Pretty good <laughs> casting yeah. for Beethoven there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. If you were going to rank this segment, this segment alone, what would you give a BT? Uh, low bronze. I had enough fun. It was it was a ride. I agree. It's not a lot of substance there, but I enjoyed the, the trip. Yeah, just to quicken this up, that's how I feel too. BT. I mean, Phil. (laughs) I'll go again if you want. (laughs) PHS. Uh, I'm a bronze on this one as well. I I think it just about crossed the participant with a few nice gags and and some good character design. Yeah. Ellen. Uh, I'm going to say participant mainly because they just ripped off Amadeus and didn't really. They just retreaded Amadeus. Mm. So, Mm. um. Chris. Silver. It's a sibling story, and The Simpsons do that well, and you're putting it in a historical context, even if it is ripping off a film, which they Mm. acknowledge at the end. I'm pretty happy with that. And Sean. Sits nicely between the two other segments for me, so bronze. Hmm. All right. Well, now that we've ranked each individual segment, it must be time to rank this. Oh, no, wait. We've got to get back to some important business. BT, ask the important question. Bill, you have had some time to consider this, but now we must ask. If you could have a sandwich named after you, what would be (laughs) on that sandwich? All failing that, because that is a very difficult question. Yeah, because I feel like all the sandwiches are taken by now, right? Well, no, uh, not at all. No. Elliot BT, do you want to give Phil an example of what my sandwich was to see how far and fucking wide he can answer this question? <laughs> uh, it'll take me a second to bring them up. So, Phil, why don't you hit us with your sandwich? And uh... I'm confused. I can't even remember what mine was. <laughs> how so? Do it like 
Because now Sean has thrown me off like I should be picking something wild. No, you, no, no. you can just you can answer it however you, you want. Follow your heart, man. What's on the Phil Harker Smith? Yeah, mm. well, if you were going to make a perfect sandwich. Look, from when I was growing up, this awesome, awesome cheese toasty is to have a nice thick slab of bread and then you get some red Leicester, it's a nice mm. spicy cheddar and you cut them into squares for like a nice harlequin. And Ooh, then... Getting fancy. A bit of Branston pickle on top, mm. a nice chunky pickle... And then you grill the shit out of it. And then you got yourself the best damn grilled cheese ever. The Phil Harker Smith. Phil Harker Smith. Yeah. Damn right. straight. No, yeah. there, was, there was some shit in it. Branson you pickle grew, rocks. You said you grilled the shit out of uh, it. Yeah, so there, was yeah. <laughs> there was shit in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah you got to put the shit you in there. Me. And then you take it first. out during yeah. the process. Mm. No, that sounds amazing. And yeah, just to remind you guys, the Christopher Bond is sliced black olives, bacon, salami, lettuce, tomato, cheese, and mustard on crusty bread with mm-hmm. extra cheese if you order it grilled. Mm. Ellen went for an avocado Dijon seeded mustard fried egg, roasted capsicum, sun-dried tomato, red onion, and spinach on thick toasted bread. And the Sean Fleur, a chef yells fuck and then throws freshly toasted Helga's bread and feta cheese at you. I want that for dinner. (laughs) I know which one I would order. (laughs) I feel like I went really simple compared to these fancy concoctions. Yes, yes, fancy. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, yours is a whole process. Sean Fleur is more about the experience. Experience of dining right. there. <laughs> I want a plate, goddammit. <laughs> and it's served on a shovel. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's time to rank this thing. BT, what are you going to rank it? I'm going to go a bronze overall. All right. And that's where my heart's at. And Phil? Uh, it's participant for me. I'm just so soured on the, the middle section. Mm. Uh, it just stops me really enjoying it. It does have some good jokes, but like I said, I, I think it's lacking a good core to make the episode be about something and not just a throwaway piece of TV. Definitely. How about you, Sean? Yeah, I, I go by your wording and you say that bronze means okay. And I think it's okay. Don't think it's good. I don't think it's a bad episode. I think it's just okay. So bronze. All right. Ellen? Yeah, I'm probably going to go bronze as well, mainly coasting off of the Henry VIII story, which I do feel is the strongest, the funniest, the best paced. Mm. The rest is pretty blah, but I would rewatch it again, mainly just for that first segment. So, yeah. Chris? Uh, It's a bronze for me. Like you mentioned earlier, it's like the tipping point before the show kind of goes into this weird like effortless direction where it just actually has no effort. Mm. If there was mm. effort put in this and there are moments where they clearly do, it would be really, really good. And you can kind of see that, but they they just miss that. And so unfortunately it's bronze for me. Yeah. And I'm going a bronze as well. To me, this is just such a laundry episode. Like mm-hmm. it's just something you can put on in the background, not think too hard. And, you know, you can go off and make yourself a nice cheese sandwich with a Bronson <laughs> pickle. What was the pickle? Branson. Branson, Branson pickle. I'm not familiar with this Branston pickle. The, the, the Charles Bronson pickle. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was a cucumber. This ain't the <laughs> That was so good. <laughs> hey, you Ma, just, give me the fill. You just pulled that off the cuff, did you? No dice. <laughs> He's got that ready to go at any point. <laughs> All right, Dull Bronze overall. This will be the fourth episode from season 15 to be called a Dull Bronze. It'll be joining The Way We Weren't, where Homer and Marge met when they were 12, apparently. Mm. My Big Fat Geek Wedding, where Edna marries comic book guy. Mm -hmm. And Uh. Tis the 15th season, where Homer buys an astrolabe. Mm. A what? A what? An An astrolabe. It's a um, navigation device. I thought you were using, like, Professor Frank language. Astrolabe. 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 (laughs) Astrolabe. 
Just just those like brief synopses make me so glad I stopped watching The Simpsons. <laughs> <to be honest. laughs> yeah, like season fifteen is the tipping point. Don't go past there, man. That I, when I, it tips, you're in the tip. <laughs> oh. There be monsters. <laughs> sea serpents. <laughs> the sea serpents in your womb. All right, guys. Look, that about does it for the Simpsons Index and vignettes of vignettes. Baby Beard Media, thank you so much for joining us today. Our pleasure. Dankeschön. Ha. Huh? No worries, mate. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and if people want to find out more of your stuff and hear and see and interact with you, where can they do that? So we are Baby Beard Media, a collective of individuals who run two different podcasts. Number one is Shut Up and Take My Podcast, the Futurama podcast that pits episode against episode in a bloody, glorious tournament battle for your entertainment. We Ooh. also run Roll to Cast, that is R-O-L-E, our tabletop role-playing podcast where we choose a different tabletop every season and put it through full season of amazing adventures with original music and original campaigns. You can also find us on YouTube where we have our Let's Play series, uh, the most popular of which is our Ellen and Chris running through Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines. Otherwise, if you want to talk to us, you can do so on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all at Babybeard Media. And give us yep. money on Patreon. <laughs> yes, we have a Patreon where we have um, extra content, including Ellen's podcast, Lunch Dates with Loki. Ooh, I'll <laughs> never tell unless you give me $10 a month. <laughs> <laughs> Chris is shattering. <laughs> I suddenly feel so dirty. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Yeah, That's I how we want I you to feel. make that podcast. Now I feel dirty by <laughs> association. <laughs> Once you're in, you're in, baby. <laughs> no. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I'll check that out. I uh, came to these guys because, yeah, I was uh, such a huge fan of Shut Up and Take My Podcast. They've been great to have us on a few times. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, absolutely loving what you're doing now that that one's wrapping up with the RPG series and the yeah, Let's yeah. Plays. Absolutely loved the Donkey Kong series. Fuck, I felt that frustration so many times. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Are you guys going to do Dixie's Trouble now that that's out? If we can fucking find it, <laughs> and if people want it, absolutely. Awesome. Give the people what they want. Yeah. And what if they want more from us, BT? Well, there are two places they can go. The first is Thrones of Game, the Game of Thrones podcast where we watch the series backwards. I've already seen the entire show like a novel person, but Elliot Joe O'Neill had never watched a single episode until we started watching in reverse order. Gives us a unique perspective, and we're the only Game of Thrones game left in town, motherfuckers. So if you want a podcast about that, you got to come to us. <laughs> and on our season five finale, we uh, had our mutual pod friend Paul Goodman on to talk mm -hmm. about the first episode of season four of Game of Thrones. That yeah, was a lot of fun. Hey. Surprise, extra guest, pew, 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 renegade podcast, motherfucker. And <laughs> we're also uh, almost finished the first season of our fiction podcast, Pulp Fury Radio. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is where we've taken old world kind of pulp genres like sci-fi, horror, fantasy, and noir and made just radio plays out of them. So if you're looking for something that's not someone just sitting there talking about their opinion about The Simpsons, <laughs> you can go or listen. Futurama or Futurama. <laughs> yeah, or Game of Thrones. You can go listen to a scripted <laughs> podcast, which, uh, yeah, got all the effects and everything, and it sounds really good, and our actors are amazing and if you want to give us money you have to physically find us and throw it at us we have an irl patreon yeah it's it's tough it hurts a little bit especially when they're only just you know dollars yeah but, but, you, but uh, you don't have to pay a monthly fee for patreon that's yeah. it just whenever you see us but yeah and all four of the baby beard medias have been on one or more of the mm -hmm. pulp fury radios and yeah you guys fucking rule it that too Yes, thank you. Oh, God Aww. bless. And we fucking love listening to it. Yeah. Because we're egotists. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I meant the whole thing. I really enjoy it. It's, oh, yeah. it's great. It's one of my favorite <laughs> podcasts to listen to. You... I was just going to concur that audio 
drama. Radio plays need to come back. And so I'm mm. so grateful you guys are doing that um, and uh, doing it in fine form too. Mm. That's it. Giving uh, the audience something cool and new by giving them something old. Mm. I fucked up that tagline. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> All right. <laughs> anyway, that's it for The Simpsons Index. Once again, Baby Beard Media, thank you. Thank you, Alan. Oh, th- yeah, thanks. <laughs> thank you, Phil. Danke. <laughs> thank you, Chris. Ciao, Bella. <laughs> thank you, Sean. Oh, 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 thank you. <laughs> Channeling my <laughs> Ellen. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> and thank you, BT. Guten Tag, everybody. <laughs> and I've been your host, Elliot J. O'Neill. That's all the mustard in the house. Grow a penis. I'm trying. <laughs> thank you for listening to the Simpsons Index podcast, which is also an online spreadsheet available at thesimpsonsindex.com. You can chat to us online at facebook.com slash the Simpsons Index or at Simpsons Index on Twitter or Instagram. Now there's no bonus scenes for this episode, so we'll catch you next week. Feeling trapped? Tired of the ordinary? Of course you are. We knew you were. If you're looking for an escape from the everyday, then you're looking for Pulp Fury Radio, a new podcast anthology series featuring all original stories in classic pulp genres like sci-fi, noir, horror, and fantasy. Join us and journey to a small town being invaded by a parasite from beyond the darkest depths of space. What could have done that? What is tentacles like that? At first it was like an infection, but it takes control. Come on, we've got to run! This town needs us more than ever and I do not intend to let it down. Or investigate a murder while trapped aboard a speeding train with seven strangers and one killer. I am Inspector Thomas Page of Interpol. Do any of you recognize the woman cuffed to my arm? Yeah, ma, die Wölfin von Meidanek. Five minutes to find out just which one of you is a traitor working with this Nazi. We've gone over everybody's story, and as far as we can tell, everyone is who they say they are. Oh, I see. So, we wait to see who dies next to narrow down the search. Stay back. Perhaps you prefer selling insurance in a world of fantasy and magic. I know he used fire, but he wasn't a pyromancer, he was a pyromaniac. This is a very minor quest, not even a level one really. I'm talking real adventure, real danger and excitement. Seek ye not the lost scroll, child. We are in no way equipped to face off against a dark wizard. You majored in English and I forged all my report cards. Fireball! Or solve a crime of murder, mystery and music. Fearless Felix Phoenix is the name. So, what can I do for you, detective? You're wrong, Felix. Don't you feel it? Sorry, kitten, but feelings don't matter when there's no proof. Ready? Let's jam. Each episode comes fully loaded with suspense, action, mystery, and drama, all to help you escape from your everyday. You can find out more at pulpfuryradio.com, with our first episode coming soon to wherever you get your podcasts. Come on, your adventure awaits. Or whatever.